So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on this Wednesday. Barney Shinkerick here with you talking sports. Saskatchewan and Wednesday Sports Cage is brought to you by the Conexus Arts Center. Country superstar Brett Kissel, February 2nd. That's this Friday. We're going to have a lot of Brett Kissel talk in the first hour of the Sports Cage today. All our guests are going to be joined on the Western Pizza Hotline. It's always a good time for a little Western Pizza action. If you want to get in on the conversation, the text line, 1-306-936-6262. That's brought to you by Capital Ford Lincoln. A lot of texts yesterday. A lot of fun. Uh, a lot of food talk yesterday. We're not going to quite go down there. But one thing we are going to talk about, from 4 to 6, Sharky's joining us. Our old friend Sharky's going to come in. It's been 38 years since the hockey iconic movie Young Blood was released. Going to have a lot of fun with that today. If you're a hockey fan, you've probably seen Young Blood even if you're a sports fan. Uh tons of WHL talk because it's a big night WHL wise. Every game is big for the Regina Pats. The last back half of the season here. And then later on, the where are they now segment between 5:30 and 6, we're going to be joined by former Moose Jaw Warriors captain absolute legend that wore the warrior jersey scott shinnick from abbey saskatchewan he's gonna be the where are they now feature so a lot to get to on this wednesday inside the sports cage like i said we're gonna have a lot of brett kissel talk brett kissel canadian artist just a fantastic guy big hockey fan plays hockey you're gonna hear a lot about it he's playing friday night at the conexus arts center tickets still available for this one this guy's high energy if you've ever seen him He's great. So let's get right into it with Mr. Brett Kissel. Yeah, a little different here in the sports cage. Uh, we got Canadian country music star Brett Kissel joining us. Uh, Brett, thanks so much for, for taking some time today. No, the pleasure's all mine. It's great when we can uh, talk a little bit of country music, but mostly a lot of sports because that's that's my true passion. It really is. <laughs> yeah, let's get into that. So you're kind of born up in that northeastern or you grew up in that northeastern Bonneville, Flat Lake, Alberta area. As a kid, your parents, I think, were ranchers. You grew up on a, on a bit of a cattle ranch. Sports was a big part of your life? Yeah, it really was. I mean, we were always watching, you know, watching sports. Uh, my dad was a great hockey player. He was a great goalie. Um, he played for the Senior A Pontiacs. They challenged for the Allen Cup uh, three years in a row. It's actually interesting now because I've got my dad's old pads, these old leather pads that are about 50 pounds a piece. And I love to wear those pads now on our outdoor rink uh, out here on the farm. So, yeah, I mean, sports and hockey especially was just always around us. We played a lot of baseball and softball and stuff like that. Uh, 
in the summertime. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was playing music. My brother was playing sports. He was definitely more the athlete. But now that we're older and we're watching our kids in sports and, and everything, it's really, really special to reminisce and sit beside my dad as he watches, you know, his grandchildren uh, now play hockey. That is awesome. Your dad played senior hockey. We're in big senior hockey country here, right? So do you remember going to his games as a kid or, was it, or were you too young? You know, it's a, it's, it's a great question. And it's, it's one of my regrets is that I never, ever watched my dad um, play hockey. Uh, I saw him play, you know, some family games and some pickup games. And he would always, you know, play net. He had a Dominic Hasek uh, Jofa helmet with, a, you know, a, long, a big neck guard. You were number 35, you know, and he's just, my dad's really, really thin, uh, borderline scrawny, you know? So he was, he was like a hassock. He was a stand-up goaltender and flop around and make big saves. And I, and now, you know, and my dad's 65. So even now guys will come up to me at, after shows or at corporate events or whatever I may do, maybe on a golf course and talk to my dad about tournaments that he won or times where he stood on his head and he was making big saves and, they're like, oh, your dad was quite the hockey player, and I never got to watch him play. So I really regret that. You know, I, I, ne- I never saw him play. Is there is there one game, maybe it was like a big provincial game or playoff game, that, that guys talk to him about or that he hangs his hat on? That you've heard the story a number of times? Yeah, there's there's several. I think uh, when the Pontiacs were doing so good, and they, they went in the late 70s and early 80s, 79, 80, uh, 80, 81, 81, 82, three years in a row, they went to the Allen Cup uh, to the finals. So there were a lot of fun stories that that came from that era, you know, 40-some years ago now. Um, and my dad always tells this story about how, uh, and I don't know why tournaments were like this. It was like two games, total points. So they win the first game you know, two to one, but they lose the next game eight to five or something like that. So they lose the tournament. You know, that that kind of stuff bothered me. And my dad said the very first flight he ever took was up to, uh, I don't know if it was Williams Lake or Quinnell. Um, and he had never been on an airplane before. So his ears didn't pop. And so his balance was off. And so he always regrets that, not being able to play his best for, you know, the boys because, you know, his balance was just completely off. So he said he let in a soft goal or two. Um, but they always said my dad was a little bit um, as kind as he is. Uh, if anybody's ever met him, he's the nicest guy. But put skates on him and put that uh, put that lumber in his hand, and he would hack you like Ron Hextall. If you came too close, he knew exactly where the padding was and wasn't. And he'd two-hand you across the ankles. And he had the biggest defenseman that would always bail him out. So, uh, yeah, some pretty funny stories. <laughs> Big Ron Hextall, Billy Smith guy, swinging, yeah. swinging, <laughs> swinging the lumber. And then, yeah, like senior hockey, right? Like it, the, the stories can go go on. And on. Did you gravitate to, like, I'm sure you played hockey and you, you talked about your brother. So did you gravitate or did he kind of say, hey, when are you guys going to try goal? Or did anyone try goal? Or were you forwards? What, what did you play? Um, now, now I'm a goalie and I'm only a goalie because no one else straps on the pads. So I, I have a, a bunch of buddies, um, you know, it's not meant to be name droppy or whatever, but if I get to know goalies in, in the league at the end of the year, especially if they go to a different team, they'll give me gloves or blockers or sticks and stuff like that. So I've got a bunch of equipment from a bunch of different guys throughout the league. Um, and so I love to play net now, but as a kid, you know, me and my brother were forwards, but I got a guitar when I was seven 
And my mom was so happy that I really gravitated towards the guitar instead of hockey because she always said, you know, if she was on this interview conversation, she'd say she was always happier driving me to rodeos or, you know, concert halls um, at noon or 7 p.m. instead of 5.30 a.m. cold arenas. So when I told her I think I like music better, my mom was very happy. My dad never said he was sad about it, but my mom's happiness trumped everything. <laughs> so away we went to the rodeos playing country music, and I was no longer a hockey player. Canadian country music superstar Brett Kissel joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. He plays Friday night at Conexus Arts Centre. So you say you still strap on the pads. Is that kind of just with family and friends, or do you actually play once in a while when you're out touring? Uh, I used to, you know, in, in kind of previous chapters of my life, but Cecilia, my wife and I, we've got four kids now. So when we tour, if there's any time off, it's really spent with the kids. We're finding a really unique activity in that particular city, whether it be Regina to Winnipeg to Whitehorse to Yellowknife to St. John's, Newfoundland. We Travel is really important to us. So because of that, I don't get a chance to, yeah. to do that. Where when we play some of these arenas or, you know, there's a field house that's connected to the arena in these AJHL markets where the junior hockey clubs play or the WHL markets or OHL markets, I'll just put on uh, goalie pads and equipment from these guys. Here's the challenge though. I'm five foot seven and some of these damn goalies are six foot five and their pads are as tall as me. So they laugh and I, you know, you can barely move in that. And I was never a good goalie anyway. I just do it because nobody else does it. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm a little crazy because I asked these guys and they're like, oh, Brett Kessel's a net. We're going to take it easy. I'm like, no, I want you to fire a 100 mile an hour slap truck from the blue line. I want to see what that's like. And I took a ringer off the off the noggin once. And I was a little dazed because like I, I didn't get my glove up fast enough. And I took a slap shot right off the cheek, you know, oh. and those masks are good. Yeah. Those masks are good. I'll, I'll tell you, if this was 1979, I'd probably have a broken jaw. Your dad would be in the Bonneville <laughs> Hospital if he if he took that. So you're more of like a Darren Pang stature goalie, and you're wearing Roman Czechmatic style gear. Pretty. So when you took this shot, was it a concert day, or was it just? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, with the Drumheller Dragons down in oh. Drumheller, Alberta, and uh, and then we had this thing where we had a shootout. I'm really a bad goalie. Like that's the thing. I'm bad. But one of their players came in, and I made a Dominic Hasek-style save. So all the other stuff that we filmed, we, we, we deleted it. But I saved that save, <laughs> and I text that to my friends from time to time. Yeah. You know, you make yeah. one big save in your life, and, and of course, I got to milk it. Let's get into your, I think, your favorite team, the Edmonton Oilers. And, and I hear you're close with a lot of the guys. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not, an oil, I'm not a big oiler guy. But it's been another roller coaster season for you guys as fans, and it's only late January, February here. Like it, it was pretty grim there early in the season. It was, um, it was like a Disney movie where you have all this adversity at the beginning, you have all this hype, and then you lose so many games, and there's just there's just no way you're going to make the playoffs because to win seventy percent of your games for the rest of the season is not really likely just to be in a playoff spot. And then you turn the Jets on, you know, and now you've got 13 wins in a row where it was, you know, a little while back. And then you sign Corey Perry and then everything is just, I, I'm still, I, I still don't know what to make of this roller coaster season 
because it's unlike anything that I think has ever happened in the NHL as long as I've been alive, you know, for 33 years and really watching NHL hockey for 25 years. And I don't know if I've ever seen anything like this other than maybe, and this is a good thing to relate it to, 2019 St. Louis Blues in the basement uh, at, uh, you know, January 1st or might have been at the All-Star break. They turn on the Jets following a hot goalie named Jordan, Jordan Bennington that nobody ever knew. And they march all the way to this to win the Stanley Cup against Boston in 2019. So I'm thinking maybe just maybe there's going to be this Disney like uh, Cinderella story for Connor McDavid and uh, and the Oilers. I love Oiler fans' <laughs> optimism. I I just I re- it's like Buffalo Bill fans, right? It's like yeah, yeah. you're right. <laughs> and what happened there? We're my wife and I were in Jamaica and we're watching at 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 the resort. And I'm thinking, you know what? You got to go, and you're just going to get the get the field goal, and you'll you'll see where this let's see where this goes in, in overtime. To miss a field goal like that, and and all the girls, all, all 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 the wives, really felt a lot of empathy for for the kicker. You know, they think about his family, they think about how upset the you know Bills fans are going to be. And then one of my buddies named Terry Bandera, and he played uh, he played for the Regina Pats. He was captain of the Pats. Uh, you know, back uh, in, in the 80s sometime, um, big fighter, and he, he played a, a bit for the New York Islanders. He's a friend of mine. And he said, listen, you have one job, and that's your job. And if you hire a plumber and he doesn't do your pipes and they burst it when it's minus 50, you don't have empathy for the plumber. He messed up. So he was saying, you know, and I never thought about it that way because I was feeling bad for this kicker too. But then you think about you got one job. You get paid a couple million bucks and you don't make a 30 yard field goal. Like it was, it was devastating for Bill's fans. I'm trying to explain to my 12 year old son after it happens. And he's like, he's, you know, he's like, what a pigeon. How did he miss that? And I'm like, you have no idea Buffalo Bill fans from like the old days and how many missed field goals and the heartbreak with that franchise. But it's, uh, Brett Kissler is going to stay with us. He's playing Friday night at the Connexus Arts Center. Big sports fan. We're going to talk Edmonton Oilers coming up in a bit. You are listening to the voice of sports in Saskatchewan, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Music superstar Brett Kissel joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Playing Friday night at Connexus. Tickets still available. Hey, back to the Oilers, the Corey Perry signing. Did that catch you off guard? No, it didn't. It didn't catch me off guard. I was very, I was very excited about the signing. You put all the controversy uh, away and you just put it into the container of, is this guy a good player? And is this guy a good fit for the club? And if you just don't ask any other questions, just ask those two questions and give me an answer. And talking with my friends, because we're all armchair quarterbacks, right? We're all very excited because he's a great fit for the club and he's that grit that's going to make us really difficult to play against. You look at the last couple of years for the Oilers in the playoffs and you think about, we got through LA. It wasn't easy to get through LA and we were tired. We were really, really tired. And then you get to the second round or the third round, whether it was Vegas or Colorado in the last couple of years, and the Oilers become an easy team team to play against. So their stars are able to do what their stars are able to do, and our stars can't do what we're supposed to do. Corey Perry makes it more difficult. It really, really does. And experience is important, especially what I would call recent experience. And I've got this theory that all these other, everybody else listening, Barney, are either going to roll their eyes or maybe think I'm making a good point. 
But when we had Duncan Keith for that Stanley Cup experience, his Stanley Cup experience was 2015. That was several years ago. Now, even though Corey Perry won his cup in 2007, he's been to, over the last four years, he's been to several Stanley Cup finals. You look at what he did in Dallas in 2020. You look at um, Montreal in 21 and Tampa in 22. That's only a few seasons away. He's 35, but he's got recent experience with the recent NHL, the same way we still play the game. Yeah. 2015 was a long time ago, um, or 2014, you know, whenever, whenever it was for Duncan Keith. So it's a much better signing for a guy who's got real-world experience and I think can be a game-changer. And he's it's kind of, for lack of a better term, he's playing on house money now because probably didn't think he was going to come back to the league. Maybe there was a some doubt. Now he's playing with the best player in the world on this team that's on this upswing. You know, his mental state's got to be, and I know he's going through some things, but where he is, he's probably like, didn't think I was going to be here three weeks ago. I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, I don't understand anything about sports psychology, but as a high performer and somebody, you know, who has a lot of pressure in, in my life for, for whatever it's worth, I can think about Corey Perry and think about the lows that he must have felt over the last several weeks and months to now be giving a second chance. When you talk about playing with house money, the psych, the psychology and the pendulum swinging in such a big way for him to now get a second chance to play with such an extraordinary team. He's got a lot to prove, but he has no pressure to do that. If, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So he's just there, and I know he's going to score a big goal. Mark my words, he's going to score one of the biggest goals of the playoffs. And you're going to remember this conversation. You're going to play this audio back. It might be an overtime winner. It might be a game winner. It might be a game-tying goal. And it's going to be big. It's going to be big for the oil sometime in the playoffs, and we're going to remember that in a big, big way. We're going to say, aha, that's the reason. <laughs> The Brett Kissel hot take. It's going to be played everywhere, right? I love it. Okay, so what? quickly, what, what do the Oilers still need to add for a playoff run? What do you think they're going to add in the, in the trade deadline? Defensemen? If they can, that would be terrific. Our defensemen are playing really, really well. But if there's a, if there's a play to make, Ken Holland is going to do it. I know it's cup or bust for him. Yeah. That, that's, that's what I think. But the reality here is that I think from, from this moment on, there has to be this incredible, um, uh, not bubble, bubble is not the right word because uh, that's like coddling, but this protective um, force field around Stuart Skinner and his mental state. Whatever he wants. If he wants to party, party with him. If he wants you to not talk to him, don't talk to him for, for six more months. Because you know what, I it would be great to have a name like an Andre Vasilevsky yeah. or it'd be great to ride a guy like Carey Price, like Montreal did in the pandemic. We don't have that name, but we've got a guy that is capable of winning us the Stanley cup. If he gets hot, who, thought, who his, like you, like you said, who, who, who knew Jordan Bim, Bennington that year? Nobody Who thought Aiden Hill was going to do anything. <laughs> you know, uh, Laurent Brassois was also next in line for, for Vegas. Like, don't get me wrong. If you've got a name, that's phenomenal. But we even beat names. We've beat names before. Look at Darcy Kemper. I'm, uh, Darcy Kemper or, or Frasso's or whatever his name was in who won the series for Colorado right. against us. Like, you don't necessarily need a name, this marquee name, but you need to protect your goalie at all costs to make sure that the defense is not making any mistakes and you give Stuart Skinner whatever he 
wants. I swear to God, this team just needs to rally behind this guy and give him all the love and attention and just anything he wants to make sure that he is in the best mental state to make some big stops for us. I I love I love your passion. This is awesome. And there'd probably be nothing better than singing the anthem in a, in a Stanley Cup final series and for the Oilers. Okay, you're you're a 1990, I think, born yeah. uh, guy. You're super young. Um, what's your favorite Oiler memory that you watched with your eyeballs? Oh, like I, TV I, or what? Yeah, I was there in the building. It's Oilers in Dallas. Mark Andre Bergeron is having a tough game. It's 2007, January. My brother and I, we get tickets from a scalper. We're sitting uh, third row of the second balcony. You know where I'm going with this, eh? I'm, I was a huge Mike Medano <clears throat> Dallas fan. Continue. <laughs> so, I, and, I, and I really had a lot of respect for, for 1999 cup-winning Dallas stars. Brett Hall, one of my favorite players. Newendike, you remember Grant Marshall, Darian Hatcher, um, Pierre Turgeon, Stu Barnes. Uh, Eddie the Eagle, you know Brian what I mean? Scrudeland. Like, yeah, what a, like what a great team. Sergey Zubov, he poked, he smoked a pack of darts, uh, <laughs> you know, in the in the intermission, like this. So the Dallas Stars always had our number, but this is now fast forward a bunch of years. This is 07. I'm I'm seven and I'm 16 years old. I'm not 17 yet. And Mark Andre Bergeron has coughed up the puck for two goals. Of course, he's going to cough up the puck for the third goal. Gives it to Patrick Steffen. We've got an empty net, and Patrick Steffen goes in to the empty net misses it well our defenseman picks it up gets it fires it all the way to ryan smith who holds it up against the boards absorbs a check gets it to alice hemsky with 0.3 seconds left and scores on marty turco and we tie it and i remember peter labardius if i pronounce his name properly now watching this clip a million times he says in and there, oh, Bergeron coughs up the puck, and there's Stefan, and he's going to ice it. Or at least they thought he was going to ice it. And he goes, he can't even collect his thoughts. And Hemsky scores. Do you believe what we just saw? And Ray Ferraro is doing the color. And Ray Ferraro, Barney, is so angry. He says, Patrick Stefan, you should be embarrassed for what you just did. That does not belong in the National Hockey League. And I love it. He's angry at Patrick Stephan. And Patrick Stephan has never lived it down. I don't, I don't know where he played after that. But my brother and I jump up and down, and we're hugging each other like we won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> we can't believe it. That's my favorite Oilers uh, memory was being there to watch Patrick Stephan in the blooper of all bloopers. Oh, and how the puck rolled. <laughs> like it, for, I remember Ferraro just ripping him, but it's like, how did that thing bounce? He went backhand. Super weird. The one, again, not an Oiler fan, but a Dallas Stars fan, uh, Todd Marchant blowing by yeah. Grant Led- Ledyard. And, and Harry Neal said it was Darian Hatcher, but it's Grant Ledyard. He beats them and then beats Andy Moog and wins that series. Like that, I forget what year that was, but that was yeah, epic. That was that 97? was ninety nine or two thousand or it could be ninety seven. Ninety seven, I think. You would have been seven years old, so a little, <laughs> so, a little. Okay, last Oiler question. Yeah. Favorite Oiler all time. Only uh, guy you've uh, met. Jordan Everly. Jordan Everly. Yeah, Ebbs. Regina. Yeah, Ebbs. Ebbs. Uh, Ebbs is number one. We've got such a great friendship. Uh, Nick David is is so easy. He and I are very, very close, too. He's a great friend. So that would be tied for first. You know, they're really good friends of, of mine and Cecilia's. 
love Ryan Smith. I loved the way that he played the game. Um, Doug Waite, number 39, he was a great oiler. But then you, we had Gretzky on our team. You know, I never got a chance to watch Gretzky ever play uh, a game, whether he, of course not with, with Edmonton, um, but ne- never even with LA or, or New York. But I've met him several times. And, and when you shake Gretzky's hand and you say hi to Wayne, it's probably the same way, you know, a, a boxing fan feels when he, when he, when he shook Muhammad Ali's hand or, or mm-hmm. Tyson's hand. If you love golf and you get a chance to sit down, and have a glass of wine with, with, with Jack or Tiger, it's exactly the same way you feel when you're surrounded by greatness with, uh, with the great. Oh, this is this is awesome stuff. The Wednesday Sports Cage brought to you by Connexus Art Center, where this guy, Brett Kissel, is playing Friday night. Tickets still available. Super knowledgeable. Uh, that was a lot of fun talking hockey. We didn't even talk music yet. Can you stick around for your good to stick around after the break? All right. This is great. You're listening to the Sports Cage on the Voice of Sports in Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. I'm Blaine Wyland inside the Harvard Media Sports Cade Studios with your sports ticker WHL action tonight, including the Regina Pats for the final time this season. We'll score off with the Saskatoon Blades. You can catch the game here on 620 CKRM. Pre-game show begins X at 6.30 with the opening face-off at 7 o'clock. Heading into tonight's action, the Pats are five points back of a playoff spot. Two other Saskatchewan teams are on the ice tonight as well. Prince Albert hosts Red Deer and Swift Current entertains Lethbridge. Three games in the NHL tonight. The final day before uh, pa- action pauses for the All-Star break. Ottawa and Detroit, LA and Nashville, and San Jose takes on Anaheim. The tanker got underway this afternoon in Saskatoon with draw number one currently underway. Three games on the ice right now. Laycock leads Bryden by a score of 4-1 to one in the six. Caltops ahead of Burnett, 3-1 to one after five, and also after five, Mc- McEwen leads Cars, 8-2. to two. And that's a look at your sports ticker. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage. Barney Shankrook here on a Wednesday. The Sports Cage on Wednesday brought to you by Conexus Art Center. With a guy who we've been talking to, Brett Kissel, plays Friday night. Tickets still available. Going to be a great show. Right now, Brett is just uh, with... Some fans signing some autographs. We're going to pass some time here. Coming up at the 4 to 5 hour, 4 to 6 actually, Sharky's going to join us, the Regina legend. We are going to have some fun because if you didn't catch us off the top of the show, it is 38 years since the movie Youngblood was released. The Capital Ford text line, 936-6262, 306-936-6262. Start thinking of your favorite Youngblood quote or part of that movie. Because we're going to want you to chime in on the text line. Like Blaine said in sports, big night for the Regina Pats tonight. It's kind of scoreboard watching night for Pat fans, for Prince Albert Raider fans. Uh, even Swift Current hosting Lethbridge tonight. Big game there as well as those teams try and jostle for playoff position. Uh, last night, as we wait for Brett here, AAA Hockey, the Regina Pat Canadians, hammered up on Swift Current 6-1 to one at the Cooperator Center. Dace Durkach, two goals for the season. Taylor Tabashniuk, the win-in goal. Moose Jaw plays the contacts tonight up in Saskatoon in the AAA League. First place, Regina U18 Rebels host the Swift Current 
Legion, or Swift Current. I think they're called the Wildcats tonight. Female AAA hockey. That one goes at the Cooperator Center. The Rebels first place in the league, like I said. Junior B action around. It is the Fort Knox squad taking on Pilot Butte tonight in Pilot Butte. Last night, the Extreme Hockey Capitals beat the Regina Silver Foxes 5-2. to two. So lots coming up in the program. Don't forget the Where Are They Now segment at 5, just after 5.30, former Moose Jaw Warriors captain Scott Shinnick is going to join us as we wait for Brett here to get uh, settled. It looks like we are. Here we are. Um, all right, let's get into to some music stuff here now. Exciting coming up Friday. It's the start of this leg of the tour because you're going hard in February, like a long grinding road trip in the in the playoffs. So uh, people that have seen you before, you've been around high energy, awesome shows. What's going to be different in this show and, and this tour? We've got a lot to celebrate because last time I was I was in Regina, you know, for a proper show at the Connexus Arts Center was 2018. So you you fast forward six years and you think about all the songs that CKRM has played and all of the stations across Canada have now played. It's a completely different set list because we've got more hits to play. You know, we've had a steady string of some gold records and number ones. And it's really special to get a chance to play those songs. And harness the energy that we had in Craven this summer, opening for Tim McGraw. Um, we told everybody that we're coming back to Regina. And when we do, you know, we hope that we can, you know, uh, harness that energy. And we're going to do that on, on Friday. So what's different? We've got way more songs. We've got way better songs. And it's a 10th anniversary celebration, too. You know, from my first single, Started With a Song, to my current single called Two of Us with Cooper Allen. You know, we've had 20-some songs, and it's going to be a magical set list. So the Connexus is going to be rocking. Lots of Regina chat here. I love it. I'm with my, uh, I think Gabrielle might have been seven. Roman might have been nine. We're going to see Garth Brooks. Mosaic Stadium. Awesome. The storm rolling in. A little bit dicey. Oh, Brett Kissel's opening. Oh, good young, you know, Canadian guy. All that. What happened? Take us through that night because you're supposed to open for him. 55,000 storm. Then you get to go on stage. Like all the cliche stuff aside, take us through that whole experience the the word the word epic is is overused today but it was an epic story and and it was so it was an emotional roller coaster because it's the most exciting gig of my of my life and you know our sound check is unbelievable we're playing in front of an empty mosaic stadium at sound check at three in the afternoon and garth brooks is sitting right there he's sitting right there watching my full one hour sound check and he's just loving it you know, he loved the covers that we chose. He loved our transitions and everything. And he, we played to him and 55,000 empty seats. And he puts his arm around me. And I've known Garth for a long time. We've done, you know, 20-some shows together at this point. And so Garth, but the storm rolls in, and our sound check is cut short. But that's fine. It's, it's only going to last, like, two hours. Like, gates open at 6. Like, we're fine. But the rain lasts, and it's lightning, and you can't play in the lightning, and the, and the rain lasts and lasts and lasts. I'm supposed to be on stage at eight, at 7.30, and Garth comes into my dressing room, not a manager or a production guy. It's him. You know, he's just in a, in a T-shirt and jeans, and he says, hey, we're going to watch the weather. Uh, plan on cutting your set short. You know, I know you weren't going to play. You were going to play an hour. Plan for just 30 minutes. It's all we've got time for. And I'm like, yeah, no, I understand. No problem. So get ready. We'll get you on in about half an hour, and you'll just play the last 30 minutes. Half an hour goes by. 
He says, hey, I hate to break it to you. And he's the guy doing it. Again, not a manager. Comes into the dressing room. Hate to break it to you, but by the time this storm clears, it's going to be 9.15. We can't get you on because i got to get on. i got to play for two hours or more. And we have a curfew. we got to be done by 11.30. So I'm so sorry we can't get you to play, but I'll make it up to you. I'm, I'm so sorry. And, of course, you know, I put on a brave face. No problem, Garth. Everybody's here to see you. I understand. Don't, don't worry about it. I take off my cowboy gear, but I'm sad. Like, I'm really sad that I miss out on an opportunity. Well, now I'm literally in just a T-shirt and, and my underwear, and he comes back through the door five minutes later because I'm just taking off my cowboy outfit. <laughs> and here's a funny story. He sees me. I'm wearing Ellen DeGeneres underwear, you know, with the Ellen band or whatever. Because my wife and I, we've loved her show for forever. And he's like, oh, my God, i got to take a picture. So he gets out his iPhone. He takes a picture of me with no shirt on and Ellen underwear. I'm like, why'd you take a picture? He's like, oh, i got to send it to Ellen. Ellen. But it's just a very cool flex of me and my dad bod, you know, gut hanging out and everything. But whatever. Okay, so I digress. Then he says, you know what? He says, how many Garth songs do you know? I says, I know every one. He says, well, prove it. He says, we're going to... It will get you up to do Friends in Low Places, last song of the night. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. So I put my cowboy gear on. I go and I watch his show, you know, from a secret place. And then he brings me out. And he gives me this three-minute introduction, as you as you remember. Yeah, yeah. And I walk out there, and he gives me, you know, a, a spare headset microphone. And we play Friends in Low Places for an 11-minute extravaganza with confetti and fireworks he lets me start the song, sing the song, like that's so, that's like Gretzky, you know, saying, "Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the pass, and you're gonna have a tap in for overtime, and you're gonna win the Stanley Cup." That, that's how I felt. It was unbelievable. So there was no rehearsing. That was all no. off the cuff. All off the cuff. Oh, my. everything about it. That is just unbelievable. I can't get over it. Country music superstar Brett Kissel joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline here on the Sports Cage, playing Friday night at the Conexus Arts Center. I'm uh, I'm a 77, so I'm in high school, mid 90s, right? Country. I'm kind of hiding my country CDs, you know, like the pure country. I am. I think I am the biggest Chris Cummings fan in the world, and he, and he doesn't tour no. anymore, right? He doesn't. But when you go back. To when you were in high school, when you were younger, who are the Canadian country artists that you remember just like driving and listening to and that, that is maybe inspired you or that you just loved? Canadian. Well, I I loved Chris Cummings, and I, I haven't heard anybody else say that they love Chris Cummings. My favorite song of his was I, it was called I Waited. You know, I wanted to say I love you at the perfect time. And like a fool, I waited till she said goodbye. Like, and, and no one remembers Chris Cummings, but I love Chris Cummings and I love the Johnner brothers. Oh. Brad Johnner and the Johnner brothers. You know, my brother and me, I loved that song. I love 10 more miles till Saturday night. I love, you know, that one horse town, always be around. Um, so many songs. You're, you're the light of my life. Um, and, you know, I loved his music so much, Brad Johnner, that I researched who his producer was. And his producer is Bart McKay from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And Bart McKay has produced all my records. We won three Junos together, 20-some Canadian Country Music Awards, and we just harnessed the momentum that Brad Johnner and the Johnner brothers had and, you know, poured a lot of that into my career. George Canyon, George Fox. Oh, I was going to um, say Aaron a little Pritchett. George Fox. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh. George Fox really took me under his wing. I played a lot of shows with him when I was a kid. Yeah. So I'm very, very, very lucky to have had um, Paul Brandt. You know, God, he was nice to me. You know, yeah. it still is. He's a great friend. So, yeah, but I love that you said Chris Cummings. I mean, there's there's nobody in, in the business I haven't met. Charlie Major. Yeah. Man, Charlie Major is a, is, is a superstar. Love him, too. A lot of good Canadian stuff from back there, right? Like It's just awesome. Okay. Uh, I know we don't have a lot of time left, but just some more kind of music stuff. Music videos. Again, I was CMT, right? When CMT was was new and Shania's videos and all that, and you're just like a teenage boy. You made some, I, I like, you know, I like the music videos. Um, I, was, I was showing my my daughter when we were that song. Um, we were watching it yesterday, and I'm like, oh, this that little tavern in the basement. It just makes a guy want to have a whiskey and then the love story and the kids and all that. <laughs> And I look like I think one of the best storytelling music videos countrywide of all time was Travis Tritt. Tell me I was dreaming like that just makes tugs, no at, your, tugs at your heartstrings. Um, do you like making music videos? Is it a long process? Do you get a lot of say in what you get to do? Yeah, I get I get most of the say for sure. Like between me and the director, we're, we're coming up with ideas. Um, you know, the, the record label, you know, also dictates it because they're the ones paying for it, too. You know, so there are some really, really unique videos that we've done. One that I love that didn't get a lot of credit was Night in the Life. It was a single I had a couple of years ago. And I filmed that all with my family. So everything, we followed the lyrics to a T. And, you know, if there's a uh, there's blue lights breaking up a parking lot fight. And it's my sister-in-law, who's a police officer, breaking up a fight between my two brother-in-laws. You know, so like everything was literal and it was all my family acting in it. So that was really cool. Three, two, one was an outstanding music video. We won video of the year for that at the CCMAs. Um, that's a six, seven minute action movie, really that, that video. Um, but then at, at now at this point, um, sometimes, sometimes they're not as fun as they used to be. And I'm not being pessimistic or I'm not being ungrateful, but I used to love, I used to love it. But now I look at some of the videos that we've done and I understand that we got to do it, but I, I want to get back on the road and play more shows, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, but that, that's just cause I had a, um, you know, a, a two year span over, over the course of COVID, um, where, you know, I, I had, it's not an identity crisis, but you know, you, you try to evaluate where you're yeah. at in your career and in your life. So it's just that two year span where I was trying to find the joy in everything but it was, it was just a dark cloud just happened to be over, over me at that time. But I'm out of that now. And the music video we just did in the Bahamas uh, with Cooper Allen for two of us that, uh, that came out last week. Um, yeah, dude, that, that, that's the epitome of fun. And I, it, was, it was really good to do it. I was going to say, you were just in Jamaica. I'm like, didn't record a video, but there, hey, there, there you go. Okay, so th these last ones are just rapid fire. So you got to okay. one answer, some quick ones. Your favorite song to perform live. Uh, I wish I could give you an answer, but I can't because it all depends on the crowd. It's either going to be something super sentimental, like I didn't fall in love with your hair. It's going to be uh, a rocker-like anthem. So I can't, no answer. You're not on stage. You're with your family, whatever. You're doing maybe some karaoke or whatever. What's your go-to that you do? That's that's You won't do it on stage, but you do it maybe around your wife and friends. And Oh, uh, Aerosmith, uh, uh, and I don't want to miss a thing. Nice, nice. Uh, la or what, what's the artist right now that you're listening to, Spotify or iTunes, that you're really into any genre of music? 
it's it's Cooper Allen. He's my buddy. This guy's blowing up. He's he's outstanding. And one thing that you haven't done that's on your bucket list, country music wise. Oh, uh, I'd love to open for George Strait. Oh. Now, what's your favorite George Strait song? Um, Oceanfront Property. Oh, classic. Hey, this was a lot of fun. You gave me more time than we thought. Uh, great, great stuff. Can't wait to see the show Friday night. Oh, thanks, dude. Well, I really appreciate getting a chance to, to call in. And uh, the bus will be rolling in uh, day before. So we'll be setting up for the Connexus and it's going to be, uh, I guess that makes it tomorrow. Does yeah. It? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm on tour. It doesn't matter, but yeah. I'm very, very excited to see you at the show, bud. Right on. Can't wait to see it. Okay. Have a good one. Okay. See you, dude. Bye-bye. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome back inside the sports cage. Barney Shankrook riding with you today. Blaine Wyland and we have Sharky coming up starting at 4 o'clock. I see him. He's getting jacked right now. Chomping on that gum a thousand miles a minute. He's getting pumped. Sharky, the Regina legend. We got a lot of Western Hockey League WHL to talk about. We mentioned earlier the Regina Pats are up in Saskatoon to take on the first place Saskatoon Blades. Blades are an absolute wagon. First in the East. Points so important for the Regina Pats right now. Pats are five points back, like Blaine said, for that last playoff spot going into tonight. Calgary currently holds that. Up the road from Saskatoon where the Pats are, that game, by the way, is on 620 CKRM, like all the games. Prince Albert, they're four points up on the Pats. They're one back of Calgary for that eighth spot. They host Red Deer tonight in Prince Albert. After 4 o'clock, we're going to be joined by former Regina resident. He worked with the Regina Pats. A lot of you will probably know him. He's been working for the Prince Albert Raiders for quite a few years now. Clifford Mapes. Fantastic guy. We're going to talk about, you know, what he's been around a lot of hockey. So we're going to talk about what he sees in the WHL Eastern Conference these days. Also, the Prince Albert Raiders, they're in a battle and how things are being received up there in Prince Albert. They got some cool marketing initiatives that they're doing up there. So it'll be nice to catch up with our friend Cliff Mapes on the Western Pizza Hotline. Other WHL games tonight out west. Kelowna is in Portland. Portland, those points are important as they're trying to track down Prince Albert there as well. And Everett will host Tri-Cities. Triple-A midget, no games tonight. Or U18 last night. It was a battle for second place in the league, and the Regina Pat Canadians, they now sit alone in second after a 6-1 win over the Swift Current Legionnaires. Dace Durkach had two goals for the Regina Pat Canadians. Big win there, second place for the Pat Canadians. Moose Jaw in the AAA League, they're up in Saskatoon tonight taking on the Contacts. Female AAA League, the Regina Rebels, they are first place. They've been solid all year long. They're leading the leading scorer in the league. She just was at the female version 
of the World Juniors, I think in Switzerland, Striker Zablocki, 47 points. She leads the league. She leads the Regina Rebels, obviously. They're in action tonight at the Cooperator Center. In the Junior B Loop, last night we ran down this. The Extreme Hockey Capitals beat the Regina Silver Foxes 5-2 to two in a battle for Regina supremacy. Tonight in Pilot Butte. Nice little classic matchup here. Fort Knox is in town to take on the Butte. NHL fans, or if you're like me and you just like to gamble on the NHL, sprinkle. We got Ottawa at Detroit, Los Angeles in Nashville, and Anaheim plays host to San Jose in a really kind of a battle of the basement dwellers. And then it's the break, the all-star break. We talked about it yesterday Teams are a lot of the teams right now. They're already down in Mexico or family holidays, all that sort of stuff. And then these guys will get the break after the All Star Game, which goes in Toronto this weekend. So a lot coming up. The where are they now? Send me in at five thirty. Moose Jaw Warrior fans are going to like this one. Former captain Scott Shinnick is going to join us. We got a break here at the top of the hour, and we come back. Sharky is going to join us. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Connexus Arts Center on this Wednesday on six twenty CKRM. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show, The Sports Cage, on 620 CKRM. Here's Barney Shankarak. I've been offered a tryout with Hamilton Mustangs. i got to play junior if I'm ever going to play pro. All the scouts are going to be there. Dean Youngblood scored 92 goals this year so far for the Stanton Flyers. Get him a uniform. The Doc Daughter is here. New uniforms for the playoffs? Wanna go, pretty boy? Come on. You gotta play it according to their rules. Maybe I made a mistake about you. What do you think? I don't sign a pro contract next couple of years, I'm through. What if it had been you? What if it was you? Wake up, superstar. Bring us together. You're a team, a family. You need it here. And you never quit. Ever. Man, is that good. <laughs> Cheesy 80s movie montage from Youngblood. Yeah, you're back inside the sports cage. Barney Shanker, uh, Blaine, and now Sharky is joining us. This uh, The programs for Connexus Arts Center on Wednesdays. Brett Kissel playing there on Friday night. Join in on the Capital Ford text line whenever you want. Some great text. A lot of people loving that Brett Kissel interview. Changing it up a bit. It's got to be more than a sports show, right? Doesn't well, it was it was a good ad. It was a good ad. Yeah. He's, he's a great some, guy. He's, he's got some sports to him. It's not like he's you know bland. Yeah, yeah. Nine three six sixty two sixty two. The Capital Ford text line. All right, Sharky. It's thirty eight years ago that <laughs> Young Blood the movie was released. Hockey fans will know this movie. Dean Youngblood played by Rob Lowe. We had Derek Sutton. Patrick Swayze played uh, played that role. 
Keanu Reeves was in that. He was the goalie. Actually, a little tidbit. He actually was a goalie. Yes. Played yeah. uh, high school in Toronto. Toronto. Yep. Big uh, Cynthia Gibb fan. <laughs> she was Jesse Chadwick. I'm going to have to Google that. That Yeah. So you didn't, you haven't seen the full movie. I haven't movie. seen the whole, yeah, I've watched, like I caught bits and pieces of it. I haven't seen the whole thing. Uh, it's somewhat embarrassing as a hockey guy, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think so. No, I. Uh, it's I, I. I rank it right there, and I had a text come in here. Slapshot or young blood? It's such a tough call. Oh, Slapshot is I, I know. I know everyone. Most people would steer towards Slapshot, but I, I've always been a young blood fan. Maybe it's because that's the first real hockey movie that I saw. Eighty six. So I was nine years old. My sister took me to it at the Capitol Four Theater in downtown Saskatoon. Shouldn't have been. And I'm like looking now as a dad, nine years old. There's the Miss McGill scene, and then the Kelsey Chat or Jesse Chadwick scene. I'm like, I don't know if I should have been in that, but it was a great show. Slapshot, iconic. The other unbelievable hockey movie of all time is, I think, is Miracle. Yes. Yep. And that. a great story. And you. I think until you have kids, you don't really get how good Mighty Ducks was. I, yeah, that's another one I haven't spent a whole lot of time on. <laughs> you, we're going to go on a long road trip and watch uh, Youngblood and oh. Mighty Ducks in the back of a bus somewhere. But uh, you, So what do you remember about the show? Hardly anything, other than all I heard was it was incredibly cheesy from a hockey standpoint. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's all I remember. Any discussion? It's funny when you told me this morning when you sent me that you know in this day, and I'm like, oh my god, I've never watched that. But all I could remember was yeah, El Fromage for uh, oh, for Young Blood. Yeah, it is. It is so good. So I was doing some reading today and some research. Thirtieth, thirty eighth anniversary of the show, and it it I've never caught this part, but at the beginning it kind of has home video of a young. Dean Youngblood on the on the backyard pond and he's playing and I think it, he's left-handed in that <laughs> and he's right-handed and, and then they go to the montage at the beginning and he's right-handed so a bit of a, a, a Gordy Howe effect with the Mr. Youngblood yeah yeah a bit of a a bit of an oops there so yeah chime in if you want on the Capital Ford text line if you like Youngblood what what did you really like about Youngblood again there's some of the characters 936 6262 Sharky it is uh like this weather out there I talked about it yesterday with this melting and stuff yep. this is like that Marchish April feel. playoff feel yes playoff hockey feel yeah there's it was, I was actually thinking that driving around today I'm like there's something I'm missing today there's something that I and I actually thought I haven't got a playoff draft well yeah because it's the all star break you idiot that yeah you're too far ahead yeah so yeah but I'm I'm a big fan of global warming I I might just sit outside and let my diesel run all day yeah I find that the la- and I don't know the sun just seems super a little more bright the last oh, yeah. few days with this melting and then. I'm, I'm I'm really weird. I'm paranoid about uh, sinkhole action 
Just all the drifting and shifting. Because every year now in Regina, there's one. There'll be something on social media where it's like, oh, look at this sinkhole up in this street here. I don't think we've had enough freeze-thaw yet to get a sinkhole. I think we need more freeze-thaw. Yeah. Maybe that's a that's a question. We need like a, a Malcolm Vanstone to yes, chime yes. in. <laughs> 2020 Geomatics. What are, what are we looking at here with that? What are the odds? Yeah. Yeah. Freeze-thaw, freeze-thaw. But it is uh, playoff weather for sure the regina pats are it's it's scoreboard watching and and it's point night every game now there's a lot of pressure on the kids and i it'll be interesting to see how they respond and i think they're trying don't get me wrong they're not they haven't packed it in by any stretch of the imagination but there is a bit of a we we can't lose yeah. We can't lose, right? And if we do lose, we got to look to see how the opposition did. So they got to they got to worry about themselves first. Prince Albert Raiders are in town tonight. They're four points up on the Pats. They're taking on Red Deer in Prince Albert. Joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline, an old friend, an old Reginaite. What is it? What is Regina? Regininian. 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 Cliff Mapes now works for the Prince Albert Raiders. Been up there a few years. Cliff, how's it going, my man? Top shelf, guys. Top shelf. Just like Youngblood would put it. <laughs> <laughs> How many years have you been up in paradise now? I've been here uh, five seasons. Wow. Um, and I've loved every one of them. Absolutely. How many times, you know, like, you got, what do you got? Cook Golf Course, right? In the summer, let's be honest. One of the best tracks in the province bar none it's been in amazing shape but you know and and it's fun right the team's in a, in a playoff push here again um how are things going how is everything received up there with the regina patch you guys getting good support here as they push for the playoffs sorry for the prince Weird. albert raiders Weird. <laughs> hey that's all right i don't do that anymore but i used to um no you know what it's exciting our fans are passionate our support is unbelievable here and we're playing an exciting brand of hockey, you know. We've got good young players that are really, uh, you know, making a name for themselves now with opportunity uh, to get a little more ice time. And a local Regina kid in Mraz is playing well. And so, yeah, our, our, uh, our fans are excited about the future. The future is really, really special based on the fact that you're going to move into a new barn. What can you tell us about the new facility and what's going on out there? Well, there's a field about two blocks from here. <laughs> Hopefully that's where they build the rink. You know, we've got the city's done a great job of developing that area. Uh, the two city pads and the aquatic center is going up and it looks absolutely beautiful. Um, there's strip malls and stuff starting to pop up around it. That that area is developing quickly and uh, we just need a little, a little help, a little bump to get us uh, shoveling the ground for the big rink. I thought it was further along than that. I thought they'd actually made commitments to digging holes on that piece. Well, we're we're close. I don't think there's been an official announcement that the money's in the bank and they can start digging holes yet, but everything's there. If you flew a drone over it, you can see the spot where it's going to go. So yeah, we're what, getting closer. What What is that place going to hold? And if you could, from what you've seen, maybe artists rendering drawings or whatever, like what would it equate to, Cliffy? You know what? I think a lot of these new rinks that are going up in communities our size, similar to what Moose Jaw has. Yep. You know, I think you're somewhere in that size, similar to Langley. You know, it'll be something like that. Um, the nice thing for us here in Prince Albert is it's going to give us an opportunity to host numerous events. Uh, we just had Brett Kissel here 
a year and a half ago, and he was outstanding. Mm-hmm. He looked really good in a Raider jersey, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, uh, yeah, we, we, we need a facility. Our, our fans and our uh, community deserves to be able to host the Scotties or uh, Briar Patch and all the fun we can have with events like that. And, and all the other stuff, you know, having worked in Regina for so long, when you have facilities that can host other events, you you really start to learn that uh, it drives a lot of traffic to your city, changes the attitude of the city, uh, the excitement of of an event coming and the build up to it. Uh, I can't wait to be part of it. I really can't. So you talked about the support that you guys are getting up there, and Prince Albert fans have have always been f- passionate. I. You know what? I've never been a big Raiders guy. Obviously, as a Saskatoon guy, that was a big rivalry, but it gutted me, you know, the COVID year and what was happening with that franchise and that team and how good and everything was. But you you mentioned that people are, you know, coming out, they're supporting the team and all that. What are you guys doing marketing-wise up there, Cliff, to, to make it enjoyable and affordable for people to come? Because I'm, I'm sure people come from, you know, not just PA. They're coming from the Birch Hill, St. Louis, uh, yep. Paddockwood, all that. Shellbrook, we have season ticket holders and roster. And, like, guys, guys will travel that 40 minutes to come to a Raider game on a Wednesday night. Um, our support is uh, is great. Winning helps, obviously. You know, we've been able to hang some banners here over the years. Um, we've got a great rivalry with Saskatoon. You know, I was part of that Moose Jaw Regina one for a long time, and this one is all of that and then some. Um, yeah, it, it's we're fortunate. People have grown up with the Raiders here. Uh, we just retired Dan Hodgson's jersey here this year. And uh, filled the rank. He's and uh, people bleed green up here. So just a little different shade during the hockey season <laughs> and the football season. Cliff Mapes joining us from the Prince Albert Raiders on the Western Pizza Hotline. You know, you talked about the Jersey retirement of uh, Danny Hodgson, who was just absolute weapon for so many years. Who would? Uh, you know, and I was trying to think who would be the next Raider that might be in line for something like that. Maybe it's next year or down the road. You know what? We we've got a great debate going over who it could be, and, and who it will be. Whether or not we we do another one. You know, Chris Phillips, Dean McCammond. There, there's so many great players that played here that people don't realize went on to have unbelievable NHL careers. So, um, so you know, you- and I and I got to meet some of the guys that played with Danny and talk to them, and then you know you're 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 looking at their numbers and you're like, dear lord, that guy put up numbers that would be number one with a lot of other franchises, and and he's not even mentioned in the conversation. So like Dave Fazine went on to play in uh, Boston for a few years, and he was a great Raider. Yeah. So yeah, that debate runs runs deep when the conversation starts. I I know what question you're going to ask, and I want to. How many? First off, how many jerseys have been retired with yeah. with, with Hodgson? Don't say three. who. Don't say who. Three. Okay, yeah. you're you're going to well, ask the question. Danny and two others. Let, okay. Danny and two. And others. then let me guess. I think I know. Well, that's what I was going to ask: is what other numbers are gone? And if I had to guess, what other Medanos yeah. obviously and, would be one. Dave Manson. Absolutely. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I would have yeah. guessed if you hadn't done Manson, it's got to go next. But You guys uh, did something yeah. for, for Manny Viveroso a few years ago, right? Well, we have a wall of honor. Yeah. Uh, we just uh, added Bruce Vance, a longtime marketing guy up here, to the wall of honor. 
Uh, so we have different categories that we've got guys on. We've got the wall of honor. We've got the uh, builders category, the players category. So there is another spot for them. And that's where Chris Phillips is right now mm-hmm. on that wall. So we're like we said, it's an ongoing conversation. You know, we're, we're a, we're a tight knit group up here, oh. you know, with Curtis Hunt and Mike and, uh, <laughs> and was... Jim and Odette. Our, uh, <laughs> I had that as a question. I'm like, how rowdy do you guys get on a Friday afternoon in that office? You guys, our marketing meetings are the best. I love love the guys I worked with in Regina. We had an unbelievable group there. Um, But this group up here in PA, working with Curtis and Mike day in, day out, uh, along with Kim and Odette and Kyle, who's now joined us. You know, our marketing meetings, you know, we sit around, we have a picture, and we start Next thing you know, you're talking about Cobra chickens, right? <laughs> and, uh, and you hit a home run with something like that. So, yeah, we uh, – and we've all – you know, Mike's been in the league over 20 years. I'm around 20 years now. Like, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun working up here. It's a lot of work, but uh, I love it. It's the way hockey, I think, is meant to be. Is the Cobra chicken going to stay, or is that a one and done? Oh, baby. You know what? We're still reeling, trying to keep up we sold our merch we sold everything like um so now we're just fighting off bar down posted the other night about it again so that started another wave of calls and so yeah so we are uh we're just in the process of regrouping let's say and we'll figure out you will figure out which direction the geese are flying (laughs) here in a bit (laughs) i i I love it um so let's get back back to hockey you kind of talked about you know the team and all that and when you look at the at the East, and what team's dead at the deadline from Saskatoon, Moose Jaw, Swift Current? Like it, and it never is easy, but it's going to be hard this year. And, and these teams have, have really loaded up. And Cliffy, like you said, 20 years in the league, right? I've covered the league for 20 years or on and off. Sizzo's been there. Like back in the day, we, we weren't seeing the trades and what capital has given up. It's crazy. Like that, that East is stacked. Yeah, right now, there's, on any given night, anybody can beat anybody. You know, it reminds me kind of back to the Jordan Everly years when, you know, we the, the Pats lost to Swift. We were, uh, the Regina was a two and Swift was a seven, and we, we ended up getting beat out. The, the lead was tight, and it, it kind of feels like it's that way a little bit. Um, but those top four or five teams are, uh, they're loaded. They're, they're all going for it. They've pushed their chips in, so... But uh, I love that uh, I love that we can battle with them, and uh, like we did the other night with Saskatoon. Here we had a great weekend against them, and you know, we'll push. the uh, The trades that were made though, and the capital was given up, especially in terms of the draft choices. There's an opportunity to recoup that when the opposite happens, going the other way. So it's it's kind of giving up a little bit of now for something else in the future. Um, you guys didn't make a whole bunch of moves that way. Uh, obviously, pretty set with the lineup. What do you see coming up? in the PA organization? Well, we, you know, you, you can only have so many young guys in your lineup kind of thing. Right. And we are, uh, we have equity, like, let's say, you know, like, um, what, what Curtis was able to do in 2019, the year we won and, and continue that for what was hopefully going to be a run without giving up equity. Yeah. So, you know, we were able to build that again, and we seem to be at that stage right now where we've got a wave coming. You know, the proof of, proof's in the future how they play and how, how they show at training camp and all that. But, you know, we, there is 
you know, you don't want to start naming names because you don't want to make it sound like you're making promises, but there's, there's seven guys coming that are all, you know, going to be close within a year or two. So we're excited. Our season ticket holders are excited. So you, you say you love being up there. What's your favorite part of living in uh, Prince Albert? You know what? It's almost like any, and I've lived all over Saskatchewan now. It's the third organization I've worked for. It always comes down to the people you meet, right? The uh, the season ticket holders, the, the, the corporate partners, the guys at the golf course at men's night, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's the people and, and living across the street from the golf course doesn't hurt either. Oh, but <laughs> so yeah, no, I've, uh, my life is good. As you guys know, like I'm traveling back and forth to Calgary a lot. Uh, with Sean is still doing the morning show there. So we, uh, Personally, my life's pretty good. I just wish we had an airport here in town. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then Huntsy's driving down here a lot, and I think Sizzle is in uh, in warm. And warm. you guys are you yeah. guys are big kilometer guys over there. All right. So back to young blood. You're you yeah. know, you, you, Cliffy. Yeah, come on, give, give me some. Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me ask you one. Who's the guy who did the skating for him? Philadelphia oh. Flyer, great. Come on. I remember Peter, this. Peter Zazel. Zazel. He's got a cameo at the end. He's the one that gets taken off the ice before he uh, yeah. drops his mitts. Not that I want to give away a spoiler, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a 38-year-old movie. The spoilers <laughs> yeah. sailed. It's gone. Yeah. What, what, yeah, what, what was your favorite, Kate? What's your favorite part of the, of the Young Blood film? Do you know, I, I always like the gags, hey? Like yeah. when they when you see somebody drop their false teeth into a into a Caesar, <laughs> that always makes me laugh. Any yeah. of that kind of stuff, the you know the stuff that used to go on, the rooking and all that, you know it makes you laugh now, but it's a little cringy. So yeah, I, I'll go with the joke of the teeth in the cup because that, that's an old classic. Ah, uh, Cliff Mapes from the Prince Albert Raiders. Hey, Cliffy, thanks uh, so much for taking some time today, and and good luck tonight. I know you guys are pushing as well, right? And uh, things should be oh, yeah. rocking up there. Yeah, we're already watching the, uh, the scoreboard every night to see what's going on. Right on. Yep. Right. All right, right on. You guys, All right. and give Miss. By the way, give Mystery Alaska a little love. It's a great movie. Oh yeah, yeah, not bad. <laughs> Cliff Mapes, former Regina resident, former uh, employee of the Regina Pats, joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Always a great night for a little Western pizza. Whatever you want, it's, uh, it's delicious. It's delicious. I'm, I'm hey, can you? Oh. Anyways, you guys take care. Enjoy the rest of the hockey season, and maybe someday you can bring that show on the road, eh? Oh yeah. Well, you guys go two rounds. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll Thanks, bring it up. To, we'll bring it during golf season. That's yeah. when we'll come. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Good call. Yeah, All right. That home op- home opener is a great time to come up. See you, Cliffy. Thanks. Yeah, buddy. Right on. All right. It is a sports cage on Wednesday for Conexus Arts Center. Brett Kissel's there Friday night on the Voice of Sports in Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Inside the Harvard Media Sports Cage Studios, I'm Blaine Wallen with your sports ticker for Busy B for Bronco Plumbing and Heating. For where professional service is guaranteed, they'll treat you right. 781 2090. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders re-signed defensive back Roland Milligan Jr. to a one-year contract extension. 
Milligan Jr. was already on under contract for the 2024 season. Now he's under contract with the Green and White for the 2025 season. Negotiation period begins in the CFL free agency next week. On the ice in the Western Hockey League tonight, the Regina Pats are on the road. They will take on the Saskatoon Blaze for the final time this season. You can catch the game here on 620 CKRM, beginning with the pregame show at 6.30, opening faceoffs at 7 o'clock. Two other Saskatchewan teams on the ice tonight. Prince Albert hosts Red Deer, and Swift Current entertains Lethbridge. In Saskatoon, the tanker got underway today with draw number one, two finals that we can tell you about. It was the Kaltoff rink over Burnath, eight to two in eight ends, and McEwen defeated Cars by a score of 13 to three in eight ends. And Bryden Laycock still going on after nine ends. Laycock leads Bryden by a score of six to five. And that's a look at your sports ticker. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. It is the Clutch Performer, brought to you by Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fenton dealer. Do you have any Clutch Performers? Did you watch anything last night, Sharky? Or? No, I was uh, busy in the man cave last night, puttering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Elvis Merzlikens, goalie for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Did you miss the Z in there? Isn't there a Z? Merzlikens? Merzlikens. Yeah, yeah. I said that. No, you said Mer. I said Merzlikens. Anywho. 21 <laughs> saves, shuts out the St. Louis Blues, who I bet on, thinking the Blues are going to go into the break. And uh, nope, nope, it was uh, one nothing win for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Also, let's give one to uh, Taylor Tabashniuk. You want to you want to criticize no, that me one on that well. name? I like that one. Yeah, okay, that Taylor Tabashniak, the win for the Pat Seas last night in goal as they dumped the Swift Current Legionnaires six to one. Clutch performer brought to you by Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Call seven eight one. 1077. Watch it. You didn't watch anything last night. No hockey. Didn't go. No, nope. no, nope. nothing. I was kind of a loser last night. I'm going to watch this Pat's blades game tonight. Are you with the, fe- the fear that the blades are a really good hockey team and they're, they've kind of picked up their pace a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Minton's, you know, firing on all cylinders. Yeah. So Dorev, they're looking a little scary to tell you the truth. Yeah, they can fly up yep. and down that wing. But Brad Haroff has, because that's how he played, that grit and just that don't get outworked mentality. But it when, you, when you're up against these teams that have so much firepower, it's like every which way you're coming, you've coached, you know. Yep, they just keep coming. They, like they're... There's no quit in those Saskatoon Blades. Even the game that I saw here where the Blades played, where they got up and then let the Pats back in it, they were still able to take it up a notch again and make sure that they stayed on top of the Pats. So even if you got ahead of them 3-2 or 4-3 or something like that, they get so much energy that they're they're not going to quit on that. They think they can take it back every time. I The one team I haven't watched, I watched the Swift Current game the other night. I haven't watched the Moose Jaw Warriors closely enough this year. But again, they're a team that every which way you look, they're 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 coming after you. Swift Current the same way. The Pats are in so tough. I was at I was at a game oh, I was a few weeks ago, sitting in our section, and and this this gentleman about 
four <laughs> rows above. He's relentless. And just the the, the the typical chirps to the team, to the coaches, and it's like, we need a new coach. And it was it was the game that the Pats had. I think it was like three bad bounces, bad breaks, and it, the other team capitalized. Yeah. And I'm like, that is not coaching. That is just bad luck. And they were playing so hard. They're they're trying their you know what's yeah. off, and they just couldn't make it happen. It, it, they're in a tough spot. Well, they're they're a team that in two years is going to be so exciting to watch. Yeah. Is going to be in that Saskatoon position. They're really young. I liked what they did at the deadline. How young they got and how the fresh legs they brought in. So you know, don't be down on this group because you're gonna if you get down on them now, then don't come back in two years and tell me how great they are. Right? Stay with them because this is going to be fun. Curious to see if Buddy's still got his tickets up there. He he chirps every every game, and it's like, and they're an exciting team. Like they're playing an exciting yep. brand of hockey. Uh, I really I really want to watch uh, Moose Jaw play a little bit more. I've seen Saskatoon play a few times now, and then and then Swift Current. So there's lots of action tonight in the Western Hockey League. Always welcoming your comments on the text line, the Capital Ford text line. Nine three six sixty two sixty two. If we're going to talk about the Western Hockey League and where things are going to land, maybe or it's the thirtieth anniversary of the release of Young Blood, <laughs> one of the most iconic hockey movies of all time that no, Sharky not. has not seen. It is no definite. No. And then look, Cliffy, Cliffy gave Mystery Alaska a plug. It's okay. It's okay. That's really cheesy. Mystery yeah. Alaska. Was was really cheesy. So yeah, we got a few. Yeah, we got after five o'clock, at five thirty. Speaking of Moose Jaw Warriors, Scott where, Shinnick, where yeah. are they now? Shinnick, Shuey. So yeah, you criticize how I say a guy's name. It's Scott Shinnick <laughs> from uh, Abbey, Saskatchewan. And the "Where Are They Now?" segment. You are listening to the voice of sports in Saskatchewan. Six twenty CKRM. You've worked hard for what you have: your money, your assets, your four hundred one k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Welcome back inside the Sports Cage. Barney Shankrook here with Sharky. Blaine's running the board. Having a great time. The Wednesday Sports Cage is brought to you by the Conexus Arts Center. If you missed it off the top of the show, Brett Kissel joined us. And he's playing the Conexus Arts Center Friday. Tickets still available. Very, very energetic show. Going to be fantastic. All right, Sharky. You wanted to go down this rabbit hole. I well, love I love giving guys <laughs> trivia. I okay, fire away. Giving, giving guys trivia. So we were talking. I don't know which one I want to go to first. You know what? We're talking, we're talking with Cliff Napes. Let's go here. Okay. We're going to get to the hockey card one after five. Okay. Okay. And we talked about retired jerseys. And then you rattled off. The Regina Pat ones, which I think they're all there. I all I had was Durkatch, Silly, Sillinger. Yep. Stanioski. Stanioski. Gillies. Sobchuk. Sobchuk. Gillies. Right. 
Uh, Everly. Everly. Jock Calendar. Is that all of them? I'm missing one. I think I'm missing one. Brad Horning. Yes, yeah, sorry. I think, Brad I think that's yeah. all of them, right? That's all of them. That's a lot. It is. Oh, Billy Hickey. That's what I'm... Bill Hickey. That's where I was. Yeah. All right. Here we go. The hammer's in there. Down the road, <clears throat> who are the retired jerseys for the Moose Jaw Warriors? Mike Keene. Mike Keene is one. There's, there, I think there's... Hold on. There's one, two, three... From what I see, there's four of them. Theron Fleury. Theo Fleury. Chris Chelios. No. <laughs> really? No. I don't think he played there that he long. He did. Well, he, he was a Canuck. He didn't play for the Warriors. He was a loose shot Canuck. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Keen, Chelios. Oh, man. Uh, think mid-80s. That's where I'm focusing on. War sweater number 24. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Okay, and then there's one more. This was more um, early 90s. Early 90s. You're going to kick yourself if you don't get this one. This guy was a pretty good player in the NHL as well. Heart and soul guy. Ryan Smith. Ryan Smith. There you go. The guy you're missing. Did you want it? Sure. Kelly Buckberger. Oh, number shark. 20. That's embarrassing. Number 24. No, that's that's a tough. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have got Buckberger. Yeah, that would have been a challenge. I would have yeah. had the other three. So then I started I started looking at the Saskatoon Blade ones. Because I've been in that barn yeah. a lot. And I remember, okay, Bernie Federko. Yeah. We got... Uh, Clausen, Brent Ashton. Okay. Jerry Pinder. Both jersey number seven. Wore sweater number 10 for the Blades. Late 70s. Great NHL career. A couple of Stanley Cups. We're number 10. Brian... Scrudland. Okay. Jersey number... I forget that he played there. Yeah. Yeah. Jersey number 12, Bob Bourne. Yeah. I don't remember watching Bob Bourne play. I don't even think you were born. I probably wasn't. No. Pun intended. Wendell Clark. 22. Wendell, how can you... Yeah. Wore sweater 22 for the Saskatoon Blades. That's it that they got here. That's it, eh? Yeah. You know the one that, that I wouldn't have probably got there as well? The Bob Bourne one would have been tough, but I forgot about Jerry Pinder. I wouldn't have got Pinder. And I wouldn't have got Ashton. I wouldn't have think they'd have retired his. Yeah. Swift Current has the the four four Broncos. Sackick? I would imagine Sackick is gone. Kennedy? Should be. Um, If it was up to me, you know whose jersey for the Swift Current Broncos would be retired as well? Go ahead. Kimby Daniels. Man, I like that guy. Really? (laughs) He was... Yeah, we're gonna now, get him on the we're gonna get him on the show once. Great guy. So, so here's another question too on the retired jersey thing: <clears throat> Is it only based on their Western Hockey League career, or what they did beyond that? Because you I, talk about all of those, all of those guys had careers beyond the Western Hockey League, regardless of whether they were great players for those teams, right? Yeah, no, I think it's definitely what they did for that organization, as well as in the Western Hockey League. Well, do they do they go into? I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. I would. I would think that it's heavy bias on the WHL days. There would have to be definitely bias on the WHL, but all those ones we talked about are all NHL guys, right? There's no superstar. Mind you, if you're a superstar in the WHL, you should be a superstar in the NHL or, or be a regular in there. But, who, yeah. Who are the Pats missing up there besides Bedard? Well, okay, I'll, I'll give you Bedard. Yeah. Um, who are they missing up there? I thought they were going to retire that jersey. His last uh, regular season home game. 
last year going into the playoffs because I don't know when you're going to get that guy back to do something. It's going to well, be years. It, it'll be years, but it doesn't matter because when he comes back, it'll be another sellout event, right? Because so many kids will have grown up with Bedard as their hero, both here and in the National Hockey League. They'll still be following him. With with the new uh, retrofit Brandt Center with your idea on how they retrofit it. Well, I got lots of <laughs> ideas. I got lots of ideas. Tell yeah. me, Walk me through that idea again. Regina fans, Sharky's got this idea on, and I don't mind... I, I, I think that there's bigger issues there, plumbing-wise oh, and all that. Yeah. But you go ahead. So you put all the suites at the at the, uh, the the concourse level, the mezzanine level, and you turn the access to all from the backside, mm-hmm. right? So if you want to go to your seat in the lower level, you come through from the back and go right down. Washrooms would be accessed from the other side. So they'd have to put a perimeter around the building. Like a donut. A donut, if you want to call it that, right? A big sponge that around the building that now becomes the now becomes the mezzanine level, right? And then they could do more things out there as well in terms of uh, um, uh, food and beverage services, things like that, gathering places, whatever you want to call them, and make it so that you can't stand on the mezzanine. You have to go to your seats, right? You think about like I was fortunate enough to be in the uh, in the Oilers game on Saturday against Nashville. And what a facility that is. Oh, my goodness. I've never been in there. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is something else. But you can't stand and watch a game unless you're in your seat. That's the only place you can see it, right? There's no standing in the at a concourse level yeah. and watching it, right? Um, but if they did that, and then s- suddenly those suites become way more valuable because right now the suites are actually the worst seats in the house. They are. They're the worst seats in the house. But you take them for the entertainment value of yeah. bringing clients and whatever to the games. Well, and especially if you if you tie in a concert, because the acoustics and, and how the suites are situated and it bounces off and it's all terrible. that. It, it depends. I remember, I think it was Elton John, and it was like unfortunate how they, you know, dangling the ivory yeah. or whatever and yeah it just the acoustics weren't tough i i like the facade i like the barn i love the atmosphere in there but it it would need some major upgrades and i think the guys that work there and all that would say like on days like today when the, when the melt starts or yesterday this week <laughs> when it's raining inside yeah oh they'd yeah. be using every single garbage Bucket. pail possible because that yeah that's <laughs> that's a tough one and, and it's old and i think they like I said, there's some plumbing problems. Like, have you ever been in the bowels of the, the Brandt Center and all that around Agribition? Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> it is completely disgusting. It is an awful place to be. Where is all this stuff going? There? Yeah. Down that drain? That, where does that end up? <laughs> <laughs> Who's, whose backyard does that go through? It's yeah. like that that, mo- there, that that film a guy used to watch in elementary school. I think it was called Paddle to the Sea, where this guy whittles yeah. this little... Uh, uh, canoe and this guy and he puts it in and they follow it all around North America. Man, I remember that. I think it was just because our school they didn't really teach us anything. There's <laughs> short, short videos like that a yeah, lot. You spent a lot of time watching things in the yeah. classroom. Yeah. What I, you know, and yeah, this is uh, would have been nine years old. Speaking of watching, 38 years since Youngblood was released. If you're just tuning in, fantastic hockey movie. Sharky's only seen bits and pieces. 936 I could probably quote you all of Slapshot, but I've seen yeah. bits and pieces of that. 936-6262. Uh, I got a text here. One guy said, obviously, uh, yeah, the Miss McGill scene. Really liked that one as a youngster. <laughs> uh, Patrick Swayze, the pranks. Yeah, it's it's a, it's an awesome. And then, yeah, the, the one thing about that show is 
Dean Youngblood quits the team because they're they're you know, racky, and it's tough, and Chad, him and Chadwick, the coach, are having a battle. And then he's dating Chadwick's daughter, and it's like this whole web. And then he quits the team, which I was known to do in my younger days. But he goes back to the farm, and his brother was this tough, really solid hockey player. Things didn't work out, and his dad and his dad gets he goes for a skate, and his dad gets out there. And all within a span of I think maybe like a day and a half, he toughens up and learns how to fight. <laughs> then he goes back to Hamilton. That's a big day. It was a big day. It was a big Saturday on the pond. We gotta look beyond that. It's a great hockey movie. You don't you don't be time stamping everything in it. But once you start thinking about it, kind of like Karate Kid, it's like, well, yeah, Daniel Daniel Larusa was kind of the bully. Like he did a lot of he brought a lot of the stuff on himself. But you know, young blood, and uh, then he goes back and you know he wants to come off the ice, and Chadwick puts the other guy out, and he's like, no, the yeah, game not done in there, whatever. He says, and then he goes and and he and Chadwick says, get watch a stick or get rid of a stick, and then he takes a stick out, and then he then he fights him and he wins, and it's classic how it all it all ends. But thirty eight years ago, that movie a little bit of cheese, some people will say, but let's <laughs> let's let's look beyond that. It was a that's, great hockey flick. That's a super cheese. All the bus trips that you had, never it never was on there. It never came out. It was never presented. It was not an option. Just straight slap shot. Slap shot or something else more entertaining. Strange brew. No, we, I wish we would have had strange brew. That was entertaining. Yeah, no. No slap shot. Or no, uh, no young blood. A buddy here of yours texted into the Capital Ford text line, 936-6262. Bradshaw says, hi. Tell him about doing his Scott Norwood wide right impression during... Uh, a game in Cupar. It was actually in Lumsden, uh, Shazi. It was uh, it was in Lumsden, uh, probably my first or second year coaching senior, and uh, I was a little unhappy with the official. And uh, with the call on the ice, uh, the official's name was Terry Mayer. We've, we've since recovered. Terry and I are good now. But I kicked the water bottle on the bench. It hit the stanchion that holds up the Lumsden rink and went, Skidded right out, right in front of Terry Mayer's feet. <laughs> he looked at me and gave me the, you're gone. And that was my first, uh, no, that was my second suspension, I think. Not my first, but that was my second suspension. What would they call that? Would that be a gross? No. Uh, yeah, I think I did get a gross for that. Yeah, yeah. For, for a coach? Yeah, I did get a gross. Didn't kick it on the ice. And I have another one that I didn't kick it on the ice. Then it went Go up ahead. There. Yeah, yours. no. No, lots of people might remember this one, actually. Saskatchewan Winter Games. <laughs> yeah. High stakes. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so uh, we ended up playing the same team twice in the uh, where they because they had a nine-team pool. Yeah. So we played the same team, and we got the same referee. So why do we expect a different result? Yeah. Well, we didn't get it. And I got mad and threw a watered-up bottle down the bench and... Somehow it skated out on the ice as well. To this day, I can't figure it out how I threw it that way and it went to the right. Uh, and that cost me three games as well. Yes. Uh, Mike chimes in here on the Capital Ford text line about hockey movies. This is really a young blood one. I'm going to try and read it here for Mike. Uh, did you guys ever see the movie about Brian Spinner Spencer? who played for the Leafs. The movie starts out with him on the bus on his way to Regina to try out for the Pats. Did not know that. I don't know. I've not seen that. 
Brian Spinner. I'm going to have to look this up in the break. I'd like to know what movie that yeah. is. Yeah, I, if I remember the story about Spinner Spencer, right, it's not that great. Like he, he no, but in terms of uh, the guy had a tough life, okay. right, and it wasn't a it wasn't a great experience for him post hockey. And I think that's more what the story's about. But uh, that would be the start. Is that he would have been out, come out here to play for the Pats, but slap shot then ranked one for you when it comes to slap hockey shot, movies. Yeah. Miracle's really good though because I like the story. Oh, like, and acting in that was amazing. Yeah, and I and I I like the story. I liked what it was portrayed. I thought it was I thought it was done really really well. I mean, Slapshot from a comedy standpoint is right. And I know guys that have actually played in Charlestown, and like Derek McKechnie played there at one time, and he said like it's that's what it is. That's what that rink. The whole place is like that. So, yeah. Did I tell the story before Steve Carlson coached me? Really? The handsome brother. That's, I'm trying to listen to the song, right? <laughs> I played with his son. He coached me in Pittsburgh, Junior A Penguins. And uh, so to skate, he would do slap shot trivia. And he, it, it would be if we you knew you were skating. Because some of the questions were really easy. Like, we, you know, coming off a win or whatever. I wasn't there that long, but it was like, you know, what, what does the bus driver say? You know, about the bio, uh, trying to make it look mean. Yeah. Okay. But, but no skating today. But then there was the one, I remember the one because the skating drill we did was called the Russian sickle. And it was blue line back, red line back, blue line back, far end back, all the way around the net, far end back, back, all the way around, far blue line back, all the way around. Oh. It was the, it was the longest skate. It was crazy. Like, <laughs> my kid doesn't even uh, my one kid they don't get bag skated anymore I know but it was cra- and then the one question he asked one time what was the time on the score clock when I <laughs> when I hit the organ player in the head and we're all sitting there right we're like 19 years old and we're like 20 years old and I'm like what and no one got it so then it's like Russian sickle time and it's like oh see you later legs for a few days yeah then we go back and watch it there's no time on it there's no time. He just, he pulled one on us. Steve Carlson. Great. I'm trying to think. I don't even remember the score clock being shown. It, it right? isn't. Yeah. No. It isn't. That's the thing. It is the sports cage on a Wednesday for the Conexus Arts Center. Brett Kissel coming up Friday night at the Conexus Arts Center. Tickets still available for that. A lot coming up in the last half hour. Sharky's going to stay with us. We have Where Are You? Where Are They Now? With Scott Shinnick, former captain of the Moose Jaw Warriors. You are listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's Barney Shankaruk. Welcome inside the Sports Cage. Barney and Sharky with you for the last hour. Coming up in the back half of this hour. The Where Are They Now segment with former Moose Jaw Warrior captain and great Scott Shinnick. The Sports Cage on Wednesdays is brought to you by the Conexus Art Center. Brett Kissel and his Compass Tour Friday night, this Friday at the Conexus Art Center. Going to be a great show, Sharky. It will be. will be a great show. Whiskey drinking music. Whiskey sipping music, is whiskey it? Whiskey sipping music. I will be having a whiskey at that concert. Can't wait. We had him on the uh, program between 3 and 4 today. Very knowledgeable hockey fan. Cliff Mapes joined us on the Western Pizza Hotline from Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, talking about the Raiders and everything going on up there because they're four points up on the Regina Pats. 
one point back of Calgary for eighth in the Eastern Conference right now. The Raiders host Red Deer this evening. The Regina Pats are in Saskatoon to take on the first place Blades. Points huge right now. The Pats are five points back of the last playoff spot going into tonight. Like I said, Calgary holds that. Down the road, about two hours and ten minutes to the west, Swift Current Broncos host Lethbridge. Those teams are neck and neck in the standings, battling neck, it out. Neck and neck. Did I say it right? Just yeah, to... I'm just trying to picture that. Yeah. Yeah. And then out way out west <clears throat> later on, Kelowna in Portland and Everett in Tri-City. Last night, Pat Canadians took over second place in the U18 AAA League behind... Taylor Tabashniuk in net and Dace Durkach, son of Jason or uh, Dale. Sorry, Jason. Oh, like, maybe, maybe. I, yeah. I don't know. Second what happened. cousin. I don't know what happened there, but <laughs> anyway, yeah. Dace Durkach, two goals for the C. Six-one win over the Swift Current Legionnaires. Like I said, they move into second place in the league. That was a big win. Yeah, that was a really, especially that, on the road. No, it was here. Oh, was it here? The Cooperator Center. Okay. Yeah, that's you could have went last night instead I of could have. out in your man cave. Yeah. No, and that's that hockey is so good. And that hockey playoff wise, it's it, fantastic. It's so fast, just sometimes reckless abandon, just <laughs> bodies flying everywhere. Well, because you don't have to play that seven game series. It's short. You gotta get it done. Get on top and win. You still like when they would play at the smaller rinks. Now kind of all the rinks are have evolved and it's you know and it's a skill game too. Uh speaking of triple A. Hockey, though, the female Rebels are in action tonight against Swift Current at the Cooperator Center. These girls can play. Yep. No doubt about it. Striker Zablocki leads the league for the Regina Rebels. She is worth the price of admission right there. All by herself. Yeah. If you have a female hockey player in your life, and my my daughter got to do, I think I told you this before, the uh, seventh skater. Yep. For one of the games, they treated her like gold. Nice. It's a classy organization from the coaches, the manager down, the Regina Rebels U18 AAA female team. They do it right. The game is, you know, they, they got a little show at the game. It's at C6, great facility. Get out and watch it. You go tonight, watch them play with current weather. Can't be better. Yeah, your car will start. Trust me. Junior B action last night, the Extreme Hockey Capitals, Donnie Arens boys. <laughs> Beat up on the Regina Silver Foxes 5-2 at the Ritchie. Tonight, it's Fort Knox in Pilot Butte. There's that, a small rink. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> There's a rink that's not up to standard size. Nice, uh, A nice playoff contest in there, packed. Yeah. They'd be hanging on top of you, banging on that glass that's not really glass. No. Yeah, I don't know I what love that it. product that's is. That's the best to get hit into, though, that kind of glass. Well, lots of give. Yes. Lots of give. It's it's so funny, right? Because I was thinking about this. Where was we were playing the other day? I think it was at the Richie this Thursday or Friday, three o'clock skate, and the glass pretty firm. And then I started thinking. I'm like, I remember back in the day how some rinks had that plexiglass and it was really flimsy and there was a lot of give and they everyone didn't like it. Well, no, that's not right. And then it's come evolved full circle where the NHL has adopted where the boards and glass move so much like the rinks we didn't like. Okay, you were doing trivia questions earlier. Which rink in Saskatchewan has the hardest boards? Well, 
I, it's, it's an easy one. If you, when I say it, you'll think you'll go. Yeah. Have I played in this rink? I remember I'm from Saskatoon. Probably. If you're from Saskatoon, you've probably been out there. Well, I remember getting hit into the Communiplex boards in Prince Albert. They were extremely hard. And I remember, I've never played in it, but the Medicine Hat rink, I know it's not Saskatchewan. Yeah. Ryan Keller used to tell me that Medicine Hat, the old rink in Medicine Hat, was the worst to get hit into. Where are you going to go? Unity. Ooh. The boards are concrete. They're poured concrete. Into the concrete. Like, no, they're actually poured concrete. No. Yes. Blaine, yes. you're shaking your head. Blaine, you, Blaine's I've, been there. I've played there. Yeah. He's right. Yeah. I've been in that ring, but I think it was for a wedding in the summer. No. Because <laughs> I, I only played in there one game. My last, my, actually, my last game of senior hockey ever was in the Unity rink. And if you were going to get hit, you jumped. You wanted to be on the glass. You didn't want to get hit into the wall. They hosted an Allen Cup there. They, they did. did. Yeah. They against did. against your favorite team, War Road. <laughs> okay, I'm having a good day. Why would you do that to me? Why would you bring that up? That's a story for another time. With that, that one's got to be on a podcast. We can't do that with, with Sharky. Yes, many a pints. Yeah. Okay, um, so we 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 were talking about uh, we, we touched on the show yesterday, and I had named Cardinal joining us from Kelowna. Uh, indigenous rookie cards on Twitter on X. He's a heck of a father's hockey card guy. We talked about, everyone's been talking about this case of Opeachy 1979-80 cards that was found in Regina. We don't want to get into it, but you you had a really good question, because that's the Gretzky rookie year. But he wasn't rookie of the year. He wasn't rookie of the year that year. So, my friend, who, who was? was rookie of the year in the NHL the Calder Trophy 1979 80. I wouldn't have got this. I thought this guy was a little bit uh, younger than Gretz. Well, my first guess I knew was wrong afterwards because I know that he played here in the Memorial Cup in 81, and that was Howard Chuck. <laughs> Howard Chuck won it in 81-82. Yeah, so I'm, I missed that by a couple of years. And there's a guy sandwiched in between, Peter Stastny. From yeah, in I, Quebec. I would have never got that. 80, yeah. you know, really? 80-81. Yeah. I remember he won the trivia question. And, and Well, again, and why would Stastny get it? Because he played pro in Czech. At that time, Czechoslovakia, oh. before he came over, before he defected. As a Mike Madano fan, go, don't get me started on that, because Sergei Makarov won... Rookie of the year. When Madano should have won it. And Makarov was like 40. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, yeah. He was playing with his son <laughs> on a line. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to think. Who else would have been Rookie of the Year eligible? Okay, okay. give you a hint. I don't know where this guy played junior. It was somewhere out east. Okay. Can you give me a team? Well, you'll get it if I give okay, you the give team. Okay, give me a division. I'll give, give me a, a position. Okay. Defenseman. 79-80. Blaine, any guesses? 79-80, Calder winner, NHL, the year that Wayne Gretzky's rookie card is what we're talking about. Barry so Beck? Not Barry Beck. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> I might be guessing the first overall pick. Where This is where I'm getting mixed up. Kevin Lowe? No. No. This guy played for the Boston Bruins. Not Kluzak. <laughs> oh my, I'm walking. I'm just giving it to so you that, on a plate. Was it the Bork? best defenseman. Was it Bork? He, yeah, okay. I was going to say the second best defenseman. Raymond Bork okay. won the rookie of the year. And I thought he's already in the league then. That's what I, no, I, yeah. thought, I thought he came after. Yeah, it caught me off guard as well. Yeah, that wasn't a name that I had on my radar for that. <laughs> Sergey Makarov. <laughs> Just a bad helmet, too. Big what? square Jofa. 
And he was he was really old. Like he played like with two or three years and then went, Oh, I'm too old for this. Right? Went back to Russia. <laughs> Got, I'm just a few years away from my pension, boys. I'm gonna pack, I'm gonna pack it in. Uh, no, um, and then it's so it's speaking of NHL hockey, it's the All Star break, and I don't know if I've had my head in the sand and I haven't been around and all this, but I was wa- listening to that game last night as I watched my St. Louis Blues bet go down the toilet as they get shut out by Columbus one nothing. And it's uh, some of the teams have had the break going yeah, the, into the break. Yeah. And then others, like the teams that are playing tonight and all that, will have more of a break On after. The yeah. Whoa. Well, instead of shutting down the whole league for 10 days, they're easing some in and easing some out, right? It's so. very smart. So that some guys would be out in the Mayan Riviera currently. Some are in Hawaii and some are there next week. You know, I'm trying to get on the program. You say I'll come on the, the show next week. I know you can't be on it uh, Monday, Tuesday. Uh, Braden McNabb from nice. Davidson, Saskatchewan, Las Vegas Golden Knights. I think he's, I just said, sorry to bug you. I know you're in holidays, and uh, I think he's you know, doing some family stuff right now. But he's like, after the first, let's roll. Easy peasy. Yeah, so that'll be good. And you know who's taking your seat with me next week, if, I, if I'm still doing it? No, nobody's taking it. Somebody's borrowing it. Who's borrowing your seat? <laughs> Former, he's not a trivia, I'm a big trivia guy. Goaltender for uh, your senior team in the, that lost to Warroad. So, well, that was Rod Hoke. <laughs> yeah. Hoker will be good. Hoker can talk. He's never been given the opportunity. Uh, he can chat. Look out. He, he can chat. He can really chat. Yeah. yeah. I bet you he's seen Youngblood. Uh, yeah. Hoker would have seen Youngblood. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're just driving home right now, you can always join in the Capital Ford... Text line 936-6262. 38 years ago, today, the movie Youngblood was released. There's so many epic parts to that show. I think Blainer, you got a clip there. Play, play one of the clips from Youngblood. Well, we'll get it. This is so good. This is I, I remember this part of the movie. Coach is walking into the dressing room. Coach Chadwick unplugs the guy's hair 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 dryer. You're thinking about the game and you're styling your head. Ten minutes before it's going to start. Sometimes I wonder if players today have it in here. You know. You know what Gordy Howe's bonus was when he signed? Jacket. A team jacket. How's the agent? Nowadays, everybody wants a 20-year, uh, no-cut contract and a second home in uh, Bora Bora. Where's that? Well, you guys looked at practice this week. You'll be lucky if you're drafted by the Tallahassee Warthogs. <laughs> you want to go back to the farms, huh? The mills and the mines? You don't. Yes. <laughs> but it's not thinking about this game, right? <laughs> oh, you got, you're going to watch it now. No, I, oh, you, you are yeah, going to. Yeah. You are. We should have a watch party. Rent out the old Rainbow Cinema. You know what Gordy Howe's bonus was when he signed a jacket. Lousy agent. <laughs> and that one really, you don't really get that one until you're older when you watch it. No, it's uh, it's hard to believe. And then. 
Cliff, was it Cliff Clifford Mapes joined us on the show yeah. and he said Peter Zezel. Peter Zezel was the skating double. Yeah, because there's one part of the show <laughs> you would have to be because I don't think Rob Lowe could skate. He, it says here he learned to he took skating lessons right before he uh, he he got the role or he got the role and then he took some skating lessons. Um, Keanu Reeves was the goalie. We talked about he played goal. He actually played. Patrick yeah. Swayze was actually as a kid took figure figure skating, so he could twirl a bit. Okay, but uh, there's the one part of the show where. Dean Youngblood, and this is this is the part where he fights Rocky at the end, and he's squaring off at center ice, and then Chadwick puts the other guy. He's like, Youngblood, get over here, and then Youngblood skates to the bench to say, "No, I'm not. I'm not leaving. I'm finishing the business. I'm going to yeah. fight him." But when he skates to the bench, oh man, it's like it's a bad look for hockey. <laughs> he could definitely not skate. Well, you, 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 learning to skate and look like you can do it at that level, you can't do that in three months. You can't, like, you can't pick no. that up. And, and there's no way in God's green earth that you could do that. Learning to skate is so difficult. Uh, last week I had the chance, awesome experience, with the Monday Nooner. We donated uh, 400 face balaclavas with the Nooner logo on it to the Outdoor Hockey League. In Regina. Very nice of you. Because, yeah, it's one of the things they need. These kids are, you know, they're out there. They practice outside right now. would be unbelievable. It's like playing outdoor hockey in Boston all year. But, uh, yeah, so we donated these balaclavas, the Nooners. So they're like, well, you guys can come out. And they they had, uh, I think, I forget how many kids. There was maybe 80 or so. And they, they got to skate on the outdoor rink for Frost. With the legislature in the background, and they have the rink out there. I, I hope that rink survives the week. I think that should be pretty thick. But it was so awesome to just see some of these kids, and there's a lot of them that have that have never played. They don't know how to skate. So I am trying my darndest to kind of explain how the skate works, and like you can't run. No. And then I'm trying, and this one little girl was so determined and by the end and i was like use your stick to lean and i wish they had the skate uh, like little skate chairs or yeah, whatever. yeah. Or, or even a pail right when they're when they're really small you can yeah. sh- move a pail around but then i got to thinking and uh there was a an, another another girl and i think they're newer to canada and she was out there all decked up not learn and i said like, you know what if i got time i, I want to come out and do this again because this was just great and then you had the higher end kids that probably play or they do play hockey yeah super rewarding um next year they they are going to need uh another equipment drive yeah because you, you look at some of the equipment and everyone's been great and there's businesses have been great and it's been unbelievable but they there's never a shortage of if you have any old equipment yeah find there's always a need there's always a need the yeah. regina outdoor hockey league can definitely yeah. use it but it was so great it's just so hard to learn how to skate so back to your point yeah to try and learn how to skate as an adult for a a, a, a blockbuster movie as i call it weird Really, really difficult. I tried getting a hold of uh, Racky, the guy that plays Racky a few years ago for the podcast. And really, we are, oh yeah, I thought it'd be a great interview. And and we, we, the talk was going great, and then just fell off the face of the earth. So I don't know if he got into trouble or something happened. And I'm lost like, his phone. <laughs> well, this yeah, it, that's basically what it was. I'm like, well, this isn't this isn't happening again. I don't know yeah. what's going on. He's gone. He's yeah. gone. 
Uh, the Sports Cage on Wednesday is brought to you by Conexus Art Center. Brett Kissel playing there on Friday night. WHL action tonight. The Regina Pats are on the airwaves here on this radio station starting at 6.30 with the pregame show. Is there up in Saskatoon to take on the first place Saskatoon Blades? Did you have a chance to hear anywhere the call from the other night, Les Lazarek on Minton's overtime goal? How could you miss it? Yeah. All-timer. Yeah. Fantastic. And what what a goal, too. But Les Lazarek does such a nice job. He's, he's got such a nice voice to tell you what's going on in a hockey game. You Same thing. You know, you know a lot of play-by-play guys yeah. over the years. And, uh, you know, starting in the business. And, you know, I started and it was Regan Bartell and Swift Current. And yeah. I was working there at the radio stations. And just an amazing and... and uh, and he was the funny thing about Regan was he was so big and powerful on the air, but just an absolute jack wagon <laughs> off, like just super immature. He was so much fun because like, he had to be so straight and narrow when he was on the yeah, air. Yeah, but you, I would say, I remember sit there in the newsroom and Swift Current, listen to him conduct an interview, and uh, just you learned so much from a guy like that not to get cheesy and all that but he was so good then John Keane came in and Keener was so young and uh, we had him on you know we had him on with us before we talked about you know yep. he'd drive me to senior hockey games just a great guy and then that guy like he put in the work to get where he is it is a craft to learn oh. it is a craft to learn not only the play by play part but the interview part and the process that goes with it. The other part that doesn't get enough credit, partly because I did it, is the color guy and being able to understand how to add to what's being said to the play-by-play. You can't just watch the game and just spout off whatever you think. You have to. It's part of the conversation. So when you find a group that's really good at it, it's amazing to listen to, and it makes the game a whole lot more fun for the people that aren't there. Like on the on the nooner, we had Dennis Bayak a couple episodes episodes ago because he just retired, yeah. and he you know he said he learned. Uh, you know, I said, well, you know, what guys, any sport did you kind of, you know, look up to? Did you model yourself after everyone? He goes, ah, you know, you got to be your your toughest critic. You got to be your toughest critic. I thought it out. But I, I've always been a firm believer on anything, radio, TV, wherever I've worked, is you, you send tapes and get people to watch and critique you. Take it all with a grain of salt. Because just like this, it's so subjective. You can't please everybody. And a good play-by-play guy, I find, he's not hes not really doing play-by-play all the time. He's kind of letting, especially if, if it's a visual. Like yes. People are watching the game. If you're doing it on TV, it's completely different completely. than the radio. Yeah, completely different. When I see... When I see a game that they're using the radio feed for the game mm. to do, it's it's almost, it's it's bad. It is because it's overkill on the presentation. If you're doing TV, you don't need to tell them yeah. as much, right? You, It's more about keeping them in touch with who the body is, not so much where the puck is, right? And then, like you said, a good color guy, he'll yep. know to jump in while the play is going because he knows, okay, the puck's in the neutral zone, probably not going to be a goal here. Yeah. So then they go in, he adds his little tidbit. And, uh, and some of those guys, a lot of people probably haven't seen this, like... Regan and and John and Les and and I'm sure Dante does it and Phil Andrews was yeah. such a pro as well. The amount of time they put into stats and knowing everything, everything, and they have things posted on the wall and all that. I've called a few gay different sports and all that. Yep, I, I do a few stats, but I really just lean on the color guy. 
to to look after that sort of information. And I'm I want to explain as much, but not explain too much. Have you ever done a game by yourself? No color. <sighs> no, I have. Oh. That's a rare form of torture when you don't have anybody to talk to. But even <laughs> even when we did that Allen Cup run with the Crestview Rangers, when we when we uh, and we went to Manitoba, and Melfort picked us up, but played us on. Just on the web. Stream. Yeah. yeah. Kenny Weeb, who is the who's a writer now in Winnipeg, covers the Jets, was at the Athletic for a while. Um Kenny Weeb did the play by play of color by himself with no commercials. Oh wow. No commercials. Wow. So straight two and a half hours of talking. You gotta be a storyteller. And have uh, stories in, in your back pocket to do that. It is the Sports Cage on this Wednesday for the Conexus Art Center coming up after the break. Where are they now? We're going to be joined by former Moose Jaw Warrior Captain Scott Shinnick. The Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Inside the Harvard Media Sports Kate Studios, I'm Blaine Wallen with your sports ticker for Busy Bee Overhead Doors. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage doors so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz, Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. The Saskatchewan Roughriders have extended defensive back Roland Milligan for another season. Already under contract for the 2024 season, today the Roughriders announced that they've signed Milligan through the 2025 season. Last year, Milligan played through the first four games of the season before suffering a season-ending foot injury. On the ice, the Regina Pats are on the road tonight. They will take on the Saskatoon Blades for the final time this season. You can catch the game here on 620 CKRM, beginning with the pregame show at 6.30, the opening faceoff set for 7 o'clock. And the tanker got underway today in Saskatoon. The first draw is now in the books. Laycock defeated Bryden by a score of 10-6 in 11 ends. It was Kaltoff over Burneff 8-2 in 8 ends. And it was McEwen over Cars 13-3, also in 8 ends. Draw number 2 goes tonight at 7 o'clock. And that's a look at your local sports ticker. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back inside the Sports Cage. Barney Shinkerick, Sharky joining you. Blaine's running the board here on a Wednesday. Sports Cage brought to you by Conexus Arts Center. Brett Kissel, Conexus. Friday night, get your tickets. It's going to be a heck of a show. It is now time for Where Are They Now? I've been teeing this up all day, and it's... For Floor Coverings International, Save with the Stars event. Save hundreds on new floors. Visit fclpromo.com only at participating locations. Offer ends. Well, this offer ended. They need a new read here. But Floor <laughs> Coverings International. It ends soon. Very soon. If you went in there, they'd probably strike a deal at this yeah. point. Tell them the Sports Cage sent you. So they are the sponsor of Where Are They Now? Joining us from Calgary, Alberta. Like I mentioned, former captain, former all-star with the Moose Jaw Warriors. Pride of Abbey, Saskatchewan, Scott Shinnick. Scotty, it's been a long time. Nice to talk to you. 
Barney, yes, it has been, and thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Sharky's here as well. He totally remembers the name. As soon as I threw it out, he's like, ooh. He, he hacked up your last name, of course. Yeah, like everyone I remember, always does. I remember the U of S side of him. That's what I remember more. Yeah, yeah. So you, um, you're you in Calgary. First off, let's find out what you're doing now. I know we were texting earlier this week. You're taking one of your Rugrats to the rink. What, do you, what are you doing there? What do you got for kids? Uh, give us an update, Scotty. <clears throat> Yeah, so I've been out here for a little while. I uh, When I got done playing, uh, came back to Saskatoon for a couple of years, and I was with PepsiCo, and then I got moved out here to, to Calgary and transferred out into some national account roles with them. And then, yeah, I had a pretty long stint with those guys, um, eight, almost 12 years, I guess, and then... Um, moved over to uh, another consumer packaged goods company with Danone and then after that now currently uh, for the last three and a half years I'm, I'm selling wine I'm selling the good stuff so I finally found my niche in, in something that really makes me happy well actually makes my wife happy um, <laughs> and uh, yeah she, she really enjoys what I do but um, yeah so I've been doing that for the last three and a half years national account manager with our Terra Wines Canada is the company and they're kind of Canada's biggest uh, marketer and distributor of uh, of wine in Canada. So lots of import side, lots of domestic side, and uh, yeah, a, a lot of fun. So been been here uh, since '09, I believe, right at the end of 2009. I moved out and said goodbye to all the boys back in Saski and and uh, headed out this way. And and yeah, it's been great. Now, couple of kids married with a couple of kids. Boys are uh, two boys. Archer is seven, Sullivan is five, and um, as you can imagine what two small boys are, I mean, I know you have kids yourself, busy, 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 and uh, we've got them into everything, I mean, every sport that you can imagine, but they love it, right, and and uh, that's what they like to do, a lot of friends, and um, you know, a lot of, a lot of great things that, that sport brings along with it, so that was kind of our decision, and, and uh, that's where we're at, we're in the south part of Calgary, just enjoying life. Sullivan. He's the younger one, and, and Archer, you said, is the older one? Yes. So, so, so <laughs> he, he's, he's probably in that age gap as well. There's probably some battles with the boys. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just over two years is the age gap, which is good, right? You kind of yeah. want them to have a little bit of their own, their own life as they head off to school and they do those kinds of things, and with sports. I mean, yes, would it be nice to have them link up one year or something like that, being able to play together? But yeah. it's good that they kind of foster their own paths and do that but yeah i mean if you know having sibling rivalry is anything and i mean already at this age like our bonus room upstairs look like world war ii a bomb's gone off and we've been in the house for five years like it's not even funny so uh it's so good let's go back to people are going to remember let's go back to your to the moose jaw warrior days now i don't remember this story and i think you've probably told me before but there was no like triple a midget or u18 whatever it's called now did you jump straight into the warriors as a 16 year old from from where like you obviously you weren't playing in abbey or were you no, in um, both my brother and I, we went into Swift Current. So, you know, Drew, obviously yep. a little older than me, kind of blazed the path and, and did it all before me. But, um, yeah, we went into Swift Current and played all our minor hockey there. And minor hockey age U13, I guess what it was, it's uh, Pee Wee, it's called back then, Pee Wee and Bantam. Um, so played for Swift Current for Pee Wee for two years and then Bantam for 
the two years and then got drafted into Musha and then that following year, yes, went into uh, to Musha with the Warriors. Played a little bit with the Legionnaires um, just to kind of start things out, but then um, Warriors had some injury problems and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and, and I got called up and, and that was kind of a permanent move when I did, so... Scotty, I got a question. Oh, yeah, that. No, yeah, go ahead. I got a question for you about after the Western Hockey League and that the part that U of S and when you went there, and I say that as I spit on the floor at the same time because I'm a U of R guy. But um, how how big was it that the what you took from the Western Hockey League and the education money and having that chance to go to U of S and get your op, your educational opportunity? You know, it's massive. I mean, I I think about it, you know, all the time when I watch the kids play and, and who they are and, and the journeys that they're on. And I think about it with my own kids, right? I mean, of course, um, hockey being the primary thing that I did most of my life and, you know, brought me a ton of happiness and a ton of experiences and, and um, got to meet a lot of, you know, great people along the way. Um, but really, it, it, it brought me my education. And, you know, I was super grateful for the Western Hockey League, the CHL, to have something like that for, you know, guys who, um, you know, whether you're a first-line guy or you're a fourth-line guy, it doesn't really matter. Um, but, you know, maybe went on and, and did something uh, in the pro ranks for a little bit, kind of dabbled uh, or what have you, and then, you know, said, geez, like, what am I going to do? You know, this is all over now. And, and uh, you know, thankfully there was something to kind of fall back on. And, and, yeah, I mean, I came to the U of S, was able to utilize – full funding for that full five years and, and got my degree in business economics and, and then parlayed that into, you know, my working career in this last number of years. And, um, yeah, I, I just, you know, super, super grateful for that, um, opportunity. And the funny story behind that is <clears throat> I, I was old enough that I think when you signed a, a typical player contract or something, I think they gave you like $2,000 or whatever it was for like a year. Right, uh, you know, to go on books and tuition. I mean, that's not even covered like books for one class nowadays. <laughs> and um, I think it was maybe my 19 year old year. Um, Ralph Schmidt um, became the general manager of, of the Warriors, and Ralph was an awesome guy. He was actually the guy who scouted me back when I was playing Bantam and Swift Current for the Raiders. And I went into his office and had a conversation and I was just like, listen, I know the new contracts, everybody's getting books and tuition and all that kind of stuff. Is there anything that you'd be able to do for me? And, and, uh, he took that back to the board and, and, uh, they were gracious enough to grandfather me kind of what I had, but move my contract. Like it was a five-year contract into, into the new way of books mm-hmm. and tuition. So helped me a ton and, and, uh, kind of put me on the path that I'm on. So Scott Shinnick joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline, former Moose Jaw Warrior captain and and great. So, you know, we always go back to hockey and, and you say, man, the time you had, you know, playing Bantam or playing Midget was so great and, and junior. And I know you were close with a lot of junior guys and definitely close with a lot of U of S guys. But Sharky, you know, this, this kind of hits home. Uh, for him as well, you did have a couple of stints with Las Vegas in the East Coast League after the Huskies, but then there's some senior hockey, and you were on that Doddsland absolute <laughs> wagon for years, and those were your U of S guys. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that that had to have been some of the most fun times you played playing hockey. Was back, you know, playing senior with the guys. 
You know, it was. It was kind of a funny story how it all <clears throat> came to be. And, and like, first off, I'll, I'll caveat with saying, like, university was the best just because of, you know, I mean, the responsibility was yours. <clears throat> You're living under your own uh, your own rule. Um, you know, going to school and playing hockey was great. But, yeah, coming, after, um, coming out of Las Vegas, um, decision had kind of been made at the time, you know, all right, I'm going to slow it down. I mean, I'm, I'm done kind of playing <clears throat> serious hockey anyways and put my efforts into, into other things and, and moving back to Saskatoon. And yeah, I got a phone call. Well, um, all the buddies that were there. So there was Dan Hulak, Scott McQueen, Jeremy Rondeau. They were all playing out there. Um, Kevin Marishak was out there. So, I mean, already some, you know, some fantastic guys um, to begin with, uh, let alone, you know, talented players. So, of course, we're out at the bar one night and, and um, you know, having this conversation. They're trying to get me to come play. And I said, no, 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 no. I mean, I'm done. And if I wanted to play, I'd stay, you know, be in Vegas. And so anyways, I get a phone call and, and Hulak hands me the phone and, you know, I'm trying to plug my ears and, and find a bathroom stall to have a call in the, in the club that night. And, and it was Trent uh, Herner who was, who was managing uh, the Dogland Stars at the time and said, Shuey, like, you got to come out and play. I mean, you know, we got an amazing team. You know, the boys would love you. And as, as, as it goes, the loophole has it. The crow flies uh, from you, you know, Abby Saskatchewan to Dodds Land. You're not an import, so we can get you in. You're not an import, you know, all this kind of stuff. I mean, they're doing this stuff in the background. It was it was kind of hilarious. So I said, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go have a year. Um, I think that year on record, it was probably minus 40 for most of the winter. So that wasn't special playing in some of those old barns again when it was that cold. But it was great. We we would rent. Uh, uh, 15 passenger van the five six or seven of us from in and around saskatoon would drive out to the games or wherever we had to go outlook and dinsmore kyle etc i mean it was just it was like you said it was an absolute time it was just small town hockey you know that's what i grew up doing uh kind of back to the roots a lot of fun in the rinks a lot of fun afterwards the communities all embraced us and i mean we had an absolute like you said wagon of a team i think I think we were like 22 and 0, um, to be honest, and came up against <clears throat> the top five, unfortunately, of the Golden Bears out of Wilkie, and they beat us in the provincial finals. So basically, it was <laughs> the U of S versus the U of A all over again. I had to relive this nightmare, and um, yeah, we ended up losing to those guys in in the provincial final. But yeah, fantastic, fantastic time and experience. Yeah, you guys, because uh, that's when I was I was covering the Huskies back then. You guys could never get past that raw uh, Dom led. They were good teams. You know, Golden Bears. Which which year? I can't remember which year were you guys the closest <laughs> to winning there with the U of S, Chewy. It was 05. It was our last year. So my last year, Queener, um, most of the guys, Rondo, all of those guys. So I think maybe Rondo was gone the year prior. But, um, yeah, basically that crew who had been there, you know, when you were covering us with Global Sports and uh, going out and having good times uh, together back in Saskatoon. But, um, yeah, we we got to the finals that year. Um, it was hosted in Edmonton. Um, they had it, and then we smacked UQTR and uh, Manitoba again. I think it was Manitoba. Uh, to get ourselves back into the final, we played U of A in the final, and we lost in overtime. Mm-hmm. We had 3-1 going into the third period, kind of got defensive on us, and they snuck in a couple of goals. And then, yeah, in overtime, um, yeah, we lost. And, and I think they're still 
2 a.m., 3 a.m. phone calls floating around, <laughs> flaming guys. Um, you name it, right? You, you wake up and you see there's 10 missed calls, and you're like, oh, oh the boys were in one last night, and somebody's blaming somebody. So, Yeah, yeah I really, you really started to feel sorry for Dave Adolph. Like, he just could never. And then even before uh, that, when you were younger, and there was the Jer- Jeremy Stasiak when they hosted it at, yep, at Sask yep. Place, just massive heartbreak in overtime. But that team, yeah, you guys. Uh, you, well, it was Dean Boyker led. You had 46 points. John yeah. Barkman, Brent Tordick, yourself, Ryan yeah. Johnson, yeah. Mason Wallen, uh, down the like you had Keegan McAvoy, yeah. Jeff Schmidt, McAvoy, uh, and, Derek Endicott, and like I mean, we had we had guys like we had an amazing team, and it was all those young guys, right? Like Schmidt and Endicotts and and Man and and those guys that were coming in that I think really gave us a refreshed outlook on you know boys i think this is like we're gonna do it this year right we got the old guard who's been here who's still putting the points up and and uh you know still solid and we got these young guys in and and just kind of took it upon ourselves cleaner uh, scott mcqueen was the captain that year and you know we all just sat down kind of pre um the season and said listen like let's make things hard for teams right this year and and let's take it upon ourselves to you know not only enjoy the year and and we did um you know you have a night off you go out and 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 have your good times but you know when it came to practicing throughout the week and preparing like we were prepared and and yeah we we came that close but um yeah it was fantastic fun year what when you are you still like obviously spending all those years with the moose trail warriors do you still follow them like you know you're still a warrior at heart I, I am. I am. I mean, uh, you know, I'm on Twitter and, and you know, I, I, I chime in on, on your guys' uh, stuff here and there and, and talking about senior hockey and, and the things that you guys are bringing up. And, and, yeah, I follow the Warriors. I follow them all on social media kind of everywhere and, and um, you know, still talk to some of the guys. And James Gallo, I mean, I don't really know anybody in that organization, you know, per se, but James Gallo, I've got to know him over the last number of years when I was inducted into the Hall of Fame there um, in 2014 and, and stuff like that. So, you know, when they come up to town, I'll try to get a hold of them if I'm around and um, go down and watch, um, you know, the Warriors against the Hitmen and stuff. So I definitely follow, and, and, and I mean, now it's just, it's uber exciting. I mean, they've got those four world junior guys that are just, I, I don't know how they get beat, to be honest. Their goalie's on fire right now. But then you look at the rest of the Eastern Conference, and I mean, the Blades are, are good. Um, you know, Swift Current loaded up. Like, it's just, it's going to be a real battle out here. And, yeah, um, yeah and and, and uh, the one guy in particular that I follow is that Matej Chuck. Um, yeah. And only because he's breathing down the neck of a record that I still hold there. Um, and, yeah, I don't know if I can pay somebody to get him to sit out or, or something, but I think it's going to go by the wayside this year. So. Send him send him some wine. Send yeah. him a few cases of wine. for when yeah. Yeah, there, there you go. Um, what? Hey, speaking of that, what, what's your favorite wine? Yeah, what's the recommendation? Jeez, you know, I, I, I've got a ton. I mean, I'm very fortunate to work for who I do work for, and, and uh, the, pro- the portfolio is very broad. So stuff that old Ron Schenick, uh, my dad, can get at six ninety nine a bottle out in Abbey, Saskatchewan, and, and at, the, at the local Pioneer Co-op, but um, <clears throat> all the way up to some stuff, you know, that, that sells for thousands of dollars a bottle. Wow. So it's, it's kind of neat, but, um, yeah, I would say... 
Um, Robert Mondavi, um, you know, he, he's kind of one of the pioneers of uh, premium wine down in California in the Napa Valley. Um, the name is synonymous with wine. I think anybody in the industry really knows who, who that is and, and what he's all about. And they've really crafted some amazing, amazing wines in the last number of years. And they've got a reserve and a state series, but it's in Oakville, uh, which is a region down in Napa Valley and, and kind of some of the best, the world's best grapes are grown down there. Um, they steal from some of those plots and, and create this Cabernet Sauvignon. And it's fantastic. I mean, I think it retails, um, you know, for around 80 to 100 bucks or something like that on, on shelf every day. I mean, wink, wink, we get a bit of a deal. Uh, so that helps us out. But, um, yeah, that's, that's probably one of my faves that I keep kind of going back to. That's it. That's right on. Uh, this has been an absolute pleasure to catch up. Uh, Scott Shinnick joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. So, Shuey, if you're ever around these parts, you gotta, you got to shoot me a text. We have, we have to hook up. I totally appreciate you hopping on the sports cage today. For sure. No, absolutely. I'm going to try to get back. Uh, I mean, we come back in the summer. Uh, we've got a cabin down in uh, Eston at the Riverside Regional Park there, so we're back a lot. And this year I'm trying to get back to, to Moose Jaw to see the billets and see some people. So it's only a quick 45 up to uh, to Regina and getting your way, and I'll shoot a text for sure. Right on. Scott Shinnick again joining us on Where Are They Now for Floor Coverings International. Well, that's it. The Sports Cage on this Wednesday for Connects with Sharky. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, anytime. I, I hope so. Blaine, you did a heck of a job again today. That's it. Tomorrow, Brennan McGuire in the big chair. That is it. So see you when we see you.